This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. So he did it again. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I mean, it wasn't. this wasn't like primetime viewing television, you know what I'm saying? But it was Biden with the King of Jordan, Abdullah, Abdullah II of Jordan. Did he call him Kareem Abdullah-Jabbar? Please say yes. Paul no. Abdullah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It could have been, but but it was weird because uh, your majesty comes over to the podium after Biden says a few mumbling words, and uh, Biden steps back and he's looking at his shoes. Uh-oh. And oh, then, I saw then he's looking at his the, the floor, and then he moves over to the other side of Abdul, King Abdul, and then Abdullah, sorry, and then uh, he moves back to the other side, confusing oh. the king. The king's like, "What are you? What are you? What Where are you of, going?" I stepped you, in some poop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Your Majesty, over to you. Okay. Back over to me, and then he moves the stuff. Then, then over to you. It was really awkward. Sorry. Did you hear him? Mr. Like, President. Try to move around him. Uh, thank you for your gracious hospitality. And your weird activity right now. <laughs> it was really strange. And then, because he, then he says when he moves over to the right side. Mr. President. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Can you? Okay. Go over there. Are you done? Okay. God, it's just so. Uh, he's not going to make it to, to the end of the year. Um. Uh-huh. Then he did a thing last night. I'll play some of that. It's not that important, but it play some of that. And he walked off. My grandfather died at 91. He didn't walk like Biden. Did he's, he? He's just shuffling. He's like trying to try to shake hands with the American flag again, or no? He did it the other day, though. He turned around with his hand out. What, what is then, that? And there was nobody behind him. Oh, I just expect a crowd of people here waiting to congratulate me on being an idiot. And now he doesn't want to have a cognitive test during his physical, his annual no. physical. I don't want it. Why? Why not? Uh, it's because I'm uh, well-meaning and old. I'm f- fit as a fiddle, Mac. I did a really lousy jingle on this. I hope this is okay. This is uh, the new Biden jingle. A well-meaning elderly man <laughs> with a poor memory. Yeah, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Yeah. Got to work on that. Come on. All right, so um, this massive, huge foreign aid bill, which does not include anything about the border, you know, it's, I'm telling you, we could all get together. Jill, you call your friends. Smoke, you call your friend. I'll call my two friend? friends. And we'll replace Congress. Okay. We, we could do a better job than they're doing. If there's 535 of them. You think somebody would stand up and go, hey, well, somebody did, one person. Hey, um, do we have a plan on how to win this thing in the Ukraine thing? Do we have like a, is there a plan? Is there like a, what's the exit strategy? Yeah, well, did everybody slow turn and look at him like, how are you asking that? We don't ask real questions here. We're giving money. Well, I'll save it. 
somebody else says it, and somebody with more credibility, but this was the NBC coverage. Now, if it were your guess, knowing what I always say here on the show, or maybe you're new to the show and you think NBC, ABC, and CBS are telling you the truth, this might come as a shock. They're not. They never do, especially now during election year. So NBC coverage, of course, uh, craps on the Republicans, which they deserve sometimes. Uh, they're a bunch of bumbling idiots. And then the Democrats are just rolling right over them because they are marketing geniuses. They really are. They're disciplined as far as that goes. Everything else, well, you know, the hypersensitivity, which is pseudo-hypersensitivity. It's not real. But that's how they play on people's emotions because they know the people that vote for Democrats mostly are over-emotional. And they make decisions based on emotion. They know all this. Democrats are more like the Chinese than they are like Americans. The average American. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Chinese are plotting. They're patient. They're very disciplined, which unlike the Democrats, because they're not as disciplined in, in the... They, they can't control themselves because it's all based on emotion, so eventually they'll tell you the truth. They'll turn the card over before it's time. So NBC News coverage was obviously dumping on Republicans, dumping on Trump. There's never anything positive to say. Here they are on this massive $91 billion bill to Ukraine, Israel, and uh, Taiwan. Yeah, the Senate pulling an all-nighter to get this done. A bipartisan supermajority of senators passing a nearly $100 billion foreign aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. But despite getting 70 votes in the final count in the Senate, it faces a pretty rocky future in the House where there are large swaths of Republicans who oppose giving any more money to Ukraine specifically. Yeah, it's like Republicans are roaches now, the way they talk about them. They're just roaches. They're just scurrying around, you know. Which is, you're insulting pretty much half the country, so. I mean, we are giving money to a country highly corrupt. We don't know where the money's going. Uh, There's no accounting for it, and we keep pouring it in there. We actually have no plan. J.D. Vance sat down with Tucker about Ukraine. This is really interesting stuff. Bought into the propaganda that what is in the best interest of Ukraine is to prolong this war. And so Zelensky comes to Washington. You know, he's tougher than a lot of them are, and I think they get, uh, you know, a a, a little bit of excitement from that. And Zelensky tells them a story that his war is in the best interest of the whole of Ukraine. Now, never mind mind that there are people within Ukraine protesting the draft, never mind that the average age of a soldier there is pushing 45 years old, and never mind that the 650,000 wealthiest Ukrainians left the country at the beginning of the war. Uh, They didn't stay and fight. So the idea that this is unanimously supported by the Ukrainian population is, of course, preposterous and absurd. No one believes it. Now, did you you know all that? Mm -mm. No, the media doesn't tell you anything. They lie to you every day thinking, there's a bunch of young people and, and they're fighting because they had their heart is, you know, in it and they're fighting for you. No, they're not. Well, they painted the picture, remember, that it was like young people out in the streets with their with their guns and their st- even the old no. lady, remember, yeah. holding her gun and it's like, oh, wow, look at look at that country. Yeah, they, they've lost 400,000 young men in battle and uh, Russia, pretty much the same thing. And they're making believe like, oh, yeah, they're out there. They're not. They're The, the average military age now on the uh, front is 46 years old. 46. I told you my neighbors are Ukrainian. They came like from Ukraine right when this started. They lived down the hall from me. And when they first moved in, I was chatting with them. And I'm like, are you guys okay? Is everything okay? They're like, oh, yeah. Like the majority of us got the hell out of there. But some of the older relatives, they don't know any better. And they're like, no, you got to stay. And she's like, I'll call my mom on the phone. I just heard bombs going off in the background. She's like, ma, you got to get out of there. And so she was talking about how they don't want this. 
No, not at all. Here's more with J.D. Vance. But but here's here's the really crazy, and I, and I think ultimately the very cynical thing that's going on, is that everyone knows that this war will lead to the destruction of Ukraine. I've had conversations with Democratic colleagues where they get this sort of dark look in their eyes, and they say effectively that they want to fight Russia to the last Ukrainian drop of blood. I, I, I think if you really ask these guys, they recognize that this is not in the best interest of Ukraine. Uh, this is fundamentally in the interests of military contractors and people who think that America's most pressing challenge is to defeat the Russians. Of course, that's not a preoccupation that I share. I don't think Russia should have invaded Tucker, but I also think that we got to be much more focused on more pressing problems like the demographic collapse of the United States, like the open borders, and like what's going on in East Asia. Yeah, so- and there's no money in this bill for that. There's no no money. And then the whole, th- I'm telling you, the whole marketing hook, the whole hook against the Republicans that they're, they're too stupid to realize they're being played is that the Democrats put out this border bill. The border bill did nothing for the border. It gave some more money for processing more immigrants because it never really it, they're talking about almost 2 million immigrants a year uh, as part of the new border bill that's supposed to fix it. So that's why it didn't pass. But instead, they're blaming it on Trump, you see, because most people don't pay attention. So all people hear is, oh, yeah, it's that Trump again messing with the border. We could have a secure border. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have any secure border. It was a ruse. It was a lie. And the media lied to you on top of it about the bill. So now that that bill didn't pass and they're trying to pass this big $91 billion boondoggle, they're saying, well, you know, if you don't pass this, uh, you know, we, we did the bill with the border just like you wanted and you, you turned it down. No, they didn't. They didn't turn it down because they turned it down because it really wasn't much of a bill. It was just Monday, more money expended on uh, processing centers, more soldiers doing Uber rides for immigrants. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so Biden got out there yesterday and said, man, you got to do this. It's the biggest thing ever. We got to do it. This is a critical act for the House to move. It needs to move. The bill provides urgent funding for Ukraine so it can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious, vicious onslaught. For how long, Mr. President? How long? He didn't take any questions. First thing he said when he came out was, I'm not taking any questions. Of course not. Why would you? You can't answer any of them. Yeah, yeah. How long? What's the plan? How long is too long? How much money we're going to give him until we have no money left here? Uh We already don't. sends military equipment to Ukraine. It spends the money right here in the United States of America. Wait, let me play that again because that got kind of clipped at the beginning. Listen. While this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine, it spends the money right here in the United States of America. Bingo. Ah. Remember what I said? They'll always tell you the truth, not meaning to. Bingo. Yep. The, the, here, here's the thing. Unless you're an investor in Raytheon or Lockheed or happen to sit on the board of those companies, how much are you getting as an American? For all the, you know, the 40% of your wages just get shoveled off to some other country and don't take care of any of the problems we have here. When Nikki Haley stepped away from politics for a few minutes, she started working on the board of directors for Boeing defense contractors. She made millions, millions, because they all do. They all do. Right now, at this moment, there's 25 congressmen, I have the list, invested in in the military industrial complex that are stocks in military companies that produce the weapons that you're talking about sending to Ukraine. And those, those, go ahead. Those are just the elected ones. Right. Because those are the people that you pick that have been lobbied enough to go, well, I don't care what the people think. They're giving me enough money. I'm going to do whatever. That doesn't even count all the former military folks that when you retire from the U.S. Army or your branch of the service, guess who offers you a contract? Because you have so much experience in this. You know, so you go from being a super major military general. The next thing you know, you're the leader at Raytheon. You got all your Pentagon contacts. It's that simple. 
That's funny. That's exactly what my other side of the family does for a living, uh, build weapons. So anyway, yeah, so that's 100% true. I can vouch for that. So, yeah, the money goes to the military-industrial complex in this country. Uh, the insiders in Congress already know which bill is going to pass and which bill is not. This is called insider trading. It happens to be sort of legal in Congress, so they get to step up on everybody. If you see the charts of the investors in these large military-industrial companies, you'll see that at the top of the charts are all Congress people. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they know ahead of time, what this bill's not going to make it through the House. But let's say they knew it would. They'll invest a couple of nights before, and all of a sudden they're raking in oh, tons of money. That's how Nikki Haley made some money. It's insane, isn't it? It's totally crazy. Let's go on with Biden's yesterday, the speech. Places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built. Yeah, yeah, we know that part. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. Really? Is that true? Because I remember just not very long ago, when you got in office, uh, you abandoned 78,000 Afghani allies, Mm -hmm. people who helped us risk their lives, and you left them there. We are stranded at home. We can't get to the airport. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans. Four days, we didn't hear anything from anywhere. I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan. You know, your emails are getting ignored. Or I mean, imagine being stranded at the airport. Stranded the airport. They're saying one thing, and then the next thing, they come and say something else. We have been very clear. There's a lot of miscommunication going on. We are not leaving. Americans who want to return home. Imagine being stranded, stranded at home. We can't get to the airport. Mr. President, please help us. My Build Back Better agenda. Two years of free community college. Help us. <laughs> yeah, we left 78,000 allies. Never mind how many Americans are probably still there, that private people had to donate money to uh, Corey Mills to go get them. Well, yeah, a bunch of people went over there with private planes and tried to get people out. That's insane. Yeah. So when you say that, that uh, we're, we're a country of our word. When America gives us word, it means something. Right. No, it doesn't. Not when you're in office. Absolutely not. Big liar. God, just unbelievable. It was a sacred commitment. Yeah, forever. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. He sees a protection racket. Well, it sort of is, but we'll get into that later. Tony Bobolinsky is the key witness because he was actually there during most of the Biden business dealings between foreign governments and us, where they were trying to buy influence into the United States by paying Hunter Biden and the Biden family millions of dollars. Yeah, he told us who the big guy was. And there's still... Anchors on major networks lying to you to your face. Just what's that again? Bald face. Bold face. Bold face. Bold bald. Why would it be bald? Because you're you're bold enough to lie. You're bold enough. It is a bold lie to go on there and say, "Well, there's no evidence." Oh God, is there ever evidence? Never mind the statements, the checks, and all the LLCs and all that stuff. Never mind all the testimony from Devin Archer and all the other people that work with him. This guy. This guy has a record like you wouldn't believe. A military man through and through, 33 decades of military in his family, mm-hmm. awarded uh, many, many, uh, you know, awards. Duh. But um, he testified yesterday in committee. Here's some of the stuff he said, first of all, about how 
the influence peddling went. The Chinese Communist Party, through its surrogate China Energy Company Limited, or CEFC, a CCP-linked Chinese energy conglomerate, successfully sought to infiltrate and compromise Joe Biden and the Obama-Biden White House. The president of the United States, with his son as the salesman, sold out this country for cash. That's the bottom line. And this guy testified yesterday. What's funny is, it gets absolutely no news coverage. Now, I want you to imagine that the key person in this story, Joe Biden, was actually Donald Trump. What would be going on this morning at the TV on your uh, on your entertainment center? What would you see this morning? Breaking news. You'll never guess what he did this time. Yeah. I mean, it would be all over the place, all day long. There would be news conferences, press conferences. Pepe Le Pew would be out there talking like she always do. This is just a Republican and Donald Trump. A statement here from Bobolinsky says this. For nearly four years, I have tried to tell the American people the truth about serious corrupt con at the very top of their government. In return, I have been falsely accused of being a purveyor of Russian disinformation and a political surrogate. I believe corruption was there. And he goes on to say Joe Biden was more than a participant in and beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. So again, this is what we're learning about Bobolinsky's testimony before members of Congress. Nothing will come of it, but I hate to be like that, but it's, it's just experience. Nothing's going to happen. Like they impeached Mayorkas in the House yesterday. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's impeached, which means absolutely nothing. So his what job is secure? Is viol- what? His job is secure, just like the yeah, border? Yeah, <laughs> Biden's not going to fire him. It's not going to be uh, followed up by the Senate. He's impeached, and everybody you know, goes, look what we did. We're Republicans. Look at us. <laughs> what he's done is violated the statutes. He hadn't enforced what uh, uh, the laws of the land. Okay. I mean, he didn't. <laughs> So look forward to hearing him saying the border's secure a few more thousand times while nine million people just strewn across the border. Does somebody else replace him immediately? or No, no, nobody happens? replaces him. Nothing's going to happen. He's going to keep his job. It's just a... The impeachment's just a formality then? Pretty much. Look, here's a slap on the wrist. You do stuff. Now, um, descendants of the enslaved black people who built a university in Missouri calculated that they're owed $74 billion in unpaid labor. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah, me too. The calculation was announced on St. Louis University's <laughs> campus on Thursday, an effort being pushed by the descendants of St. Louis University enslaved, or Deslu. They were joined by state lawmakers, a civil rights attorney, and an economist to announce they've estimated the amount of value of the unpaid labor to build the university. It was uh, $74 million. They calculated 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, 70 enslaved people, 1823 through 1865 when they built it. The economist Julian Malveaux estimated that uh, $365 million in unpaid labor is owed. Furthermore, adding interest over time adds up to $74 billion. So people wow. that had nothing to do with it, that didn't do any slave work, that weren't didn't do any of the labor, they want money? Yes. Yeah, you weren't a slave, but... No, you weren't. <laughs> now, if you recall, uh, which is really interesting, uh, what Jill just said, think about that when you hear this. Sonny Hoiston, just a few days ago, found out that her ancestors are great, great, great grandfather, and the entire family, the Hoiston family, owned slaves. Not only owned them. They were in the slave trade business. That's That's how they made their money. When they made slavery illegal in Spain, 
he moved over here. And she just found that because she thought it'd be cute to get one of those Ancestry.com things and send it in. That's a shame. Oh, it was disappointing, wasn't it, Sonny? First, I was deeply disappointed. Um, the I still, slave thing is a bummer. It's a bummer. And I still believe, I know, but I still believe in reparations, like, by the oh. way, so y'all can stop texting me and emailing me and saying that I'm a white girl and that I don't deserve reparations. No. Yeah, she still wants her money. She still wants her money. It's all For about what? the money. You know. what? You didn't do anything. Well, what, what my favorite part was that she always hangs her hat on the fact that she's black. And then as soon as this came out, she's like, well, technically my parents are from Spain. They're descendants from Spain. So so now all of a sudden she's Spanish and not black. And then where she says, did you hear a Sarah Haynes in the background that said, well, it's not like you can control it. But if somebody else is a descendant of somebody that owned slaves or was in the slave trade business, then they need to, you know, repent for their sins and pay money to other people. When when Sonny goes on to say, well, we really, I'm glad that we grew from that. So other people can't grow mm, yeah. and learn from that, but she can grow and learn from that. And she still wants her money. She wants her reparations. What money? She's rich. Her kids go to private school. She lives in a mansion behind a brick wall. And I hate to break it to you, even if she wasn't, you didn't do any slave work. That's, you I still believe that. Someone did that to you? Yeah, I don't know who sent her a thing telling her she was a white girl. Okay, it's 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 too much, people. But clean off your television screen. Yeah, it's, it's that's a lot. So I, I I I still believe in reparations. I still believe this country has a lot to do in terms of racial justice. So why don't you just go somewhere okay, else, please? Well, her mother's Puerto Rican and her dad's African American. Just so you know. So the African American, which he probably ran the businesses uh-huh. back, you know, uh, in the 1800s, um, he was a slave owner, the black guy. So it was, in these days, he would, he would be called a multicultural white supremacist. And ah. furthermore, yes, and furthermore, <laughs> if you remember the girl from TikTok the other day, she said you only get to celebrate Black History Month if your mother's black and your dad, if you're, if you're mixed, if your mother's black and your dad is another culture, then you get to celebrate Black History Month. But if your mother's not black, then you can't celebrate it. So according to that, Sonny Hostin's mother's Puerto Rican, so bitch, you ain't celebrating nothing. All right. Well, nobody's going by that. But even then, it's like, if you find me somebody, it's like, yeah, no, I was a slave. All right, well, maybe you get some money. But anybody else, unless you were there, unless you were a slave. Are we going to just totally skip over the part that black people owned black slaves, or are we just not talking about that? Yeah. Black people own white slaves. White slaves own white slaves. White slaves own black slaves. How far back do you want to go? Oh, back to Mesopotamia. You know, uh, all the Hebrews running over to Egypt going, let my people go. Where's my money? The Fertile (laughs) Crescent. All right. Joel Osteen's church. We're finding out more. It's funny here because um, I noticed the trend, but nobody mentions it. Again, I mean, I hate to say this all the time. I don't hate to, Yeah, I hate to say it. I don't like saying that the media is lying to you. Who are we to say that, right? That's If you're new to the show, you're probably thinking that and you're ready to email my manager. But people are so afraid to point out a lie when they see it. Not... not- call something a lie that you disagree with that's actually a a truth, but to legitimately call out a lie. Yeah, this is basic deception. The news media is saying that, you know, she shot up Osteen's church, 
That's true. They had to stick in there the type of rifle because they hate that gun, the AR-15, the most popular rifle in the United States. It did have an engraving that said Palestine. Uh, she did uh, throw some Nazi salutes. Mm-hmm. And, I didn't uh, see that part in yeah, the news. Yeah. Where was that? Yeah, and she said Heil Hitler. And there's been a lot of other stuff, too. She's she's had mental issues all her life. Isn't she's, she an immigrant? Well, how is she? She's a she's, Nazi Palestine supporter? She's an immigrant, and we're trying to figure out uh, from El Salvador or we're trying to figure out if she's an illegal immigrant or not. Her name is Janessi Ivoni Moreno, 36 years old. She went into that church in Texas and shot it up. Uh, police engaged her. They unfortunately hit the seven-year-old son she had, and he's in critical condition. Uh, I mean, this story is six hours old. Hopefully he didn't pass away overnight, but we're not sure. Uh, and if she, if he did, I'm sorry to, that I'm, you know, said the wrong thing here, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, um, all that came out. Then the corrupt media went on to say uh, nothing about something that's very peculiar about this whole thing. We are now learning more about the gunman who opened fire inside Pastor Joel Osteen's Houston megachurch on Sunday. Investigators say they have uncovered anti-Semitic material at her home. Yeah, in her house. Has them saying that they are not ruling out terrorism or a hate crime as a potential motivating cause here. And this is happening as we've learned that the shooter's seven-year-old son remains in critical condition. All right, I've played you two little pieces. That's of NBC News. Have you heard anything about her identity? Nothing yet, right? Mm-mm. Nothing. Okay, roll it again. NBC News. Investigators are painting a troubling picture of the woman they say opened fire. Houston police identifying the deceased shooter as 36-year-old Genesee right. Yvonne Moreno. Telling NBC News she was carrying an AR-15, word Palestine written on it. So we got all that. We got that all out. Uh, still nothing about her identity, right? Nothing. Do you hear anything? No. Let's go over to ABC. Let's see if they have anything. Moreno's home yielding ingredients way. to make explosives and written material with a very clear message. We do have some anti-Semitic writings that we have uncovered during this process. Yeah, okay. Now let's go over to Fox News, uh, who was the only one out of all three networks that brought it up in first 10 seconds, too. Authorities say the shooter was originally from El Salvador and had a long rap sheet and history of mental health issues. We're also learning she sometimes identified as a transgender man. Okay, so all of a sudden, Fox News, I'm not saying Fox News is truthful all the time, but in this instance, they told the truth. Transgender and mental issues. You hear that a lot. As a matter of fact, I started looking, just to remind myself, Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary, mental issues. Nashville shooter, trans, mental issues. Aberdeen shooter, trans. Denver school shooter, trans. Mental issues, mental illness background. Iowa school shooter, trans shooter. Gender fluid, mental illness. Background of being seen at mental facilities. Lakewood church shooter, trans. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's six. Six people shooting places up where they mention mental illness and transgender in the title. I'm not oh. implying that transgender people are mentally ill in general. I'm just saying maybe there's something here. Well, Shouldn't that be mentioned? I think anybody that goes and shoots up a bunch of people has got to be mentally ill. Well, I think the other, I think what you're trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, the narrative behind any of these stories that we do, usually when they speak of the shooter, if that shooter was not trans, what do you think they would be painted as? 
White supremacists. White supremacists. White. Uh, if it's black, they barely mention that. As a matter of fact, if it's a black shooter, they suppress the story completely. Uh, didn't and, we just have somebody I do, else? I do agree with Smoke where it's like none of it should matter. But at the same time, the media loves to paint you a specific picture depending on who the shooter is, how they identify and the color of their skin. And they do it on such an uneven Oh, level. Yeah. yeah, imagine of all these that I just mentioned. Imagine if everyone replaced the word trans with MAGA hat wearing. 100%. 100%. And that would be everywhere, and that would be the description that they used. Oh, or, yeah. Here's a controversial idea. Do you have to lump everybody into a group when it comes to this stuff, or you can you, can you just say person shot people, this is bad? Well, no, I mean... As soon as you do that, you throw everybody into this whole divisive thing, and then we're caught arguing over... Because that's you know, what they want what, you to do. The, exactly. They want to divide and now, you, and they want people to get mad at each other. Like and we the, always play into it. With the Nashville story, that was the big thing. The news media came out and was like, we need to properly uh, identify the shooter and not dead name the deceased. And we're like, you went into a school and killed a bunch of kids. As far as I'm concerned, you don't get any respect on any level. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the minute you start pulling triggers at other people, your pronouns go out the window. Mm-hmm. Dead or alive. I mean, you tried to hurt somebody. Why should we give a yep. what you want I to know. be called? Oh, God. Easy. Easy. Wait, I think this is the <laughs> sheriff's department in uh, Texas. you got to hear this because I didn't I didn't pick up on this until I heard it the second time. I was like, are you kidding me? Listen to this. I think this is she it. She has utilized both male, male names, but through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female. Oh, she knock it off. Well, no. Wait, wait, you just ran right over what because I was trying to play. Because you have it backwards. Here, listen. I, I saw this narrative this in- yesterday. It's- yeah. What the narrative yesterday was trying to say was it was a dude shooter that was identifying as a female, and so they are calling her female. She was born female, so they're doing it right. No, no, it's not that part. I'm, that's not what. I'm, this is the part I wanted to either hear. Identified this entire time as female, she, her. <laughs> so it's sheriff's department. What do you, I don't understand. She, her, doing the pronoun thing. Oh, is that what he was doing? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That was just like, really, you're gonna you're gonna jump on that bandwagon? She has been identified this entire time as female. She, her. Okay, because yesterday, the 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 stories I were seeing was everyone had it backwards. They thought that this was a right dude born male with a willy, and that identified as a female, and that they were honoring. The identity as the female transitioning to the female, but really she was born a female. So they're saying, look, according to the documents we have, driver's license and everything, this shooter was born female to female. Well, not to overdo it, but I'm just saying if there was a thread, uh, let's say there's eight shootings of whatever type, bank robberies, and there's a thread between all the bank robbers, they all have uh, eczema. Or whatever it is. Okay. You know, pick something. They all have the same thing going on, whether mm-hmm. it's mental or whatever it is. Wouldn't that behoove the media to say, you know, it's interesting that all these people have the same kind of background. I mean, it seems after seven, when, what did I say? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. After eight trans people shooting in a mass shooting, don't you think that question needs to be asked? Well, I would also I would also agree with Smoke with the argument of if you're going to go in and shoot up any kind of place, I would agree that you have some sort of mental illness. Yeah. No, no, I get I mean, it. all but, the shooters do. But I'm saying, they, and then the, that's but a good, they won't that, paint it that way. They won't. Whenever it's somebody that they don't want to villainize too much, they'll say, 
Well, it's they have a history of mental illness because now everyone's trying to normalize mental illness, which is fine. But what they're doing is they'll call it mental illness. But if there was, if this was just a straight up white person, if we're in a Leonard Skinner T-shirt, it's a white supremacist, <laughs> and they right. won't say mental issue. They'll say, well, right. this was a white supremacist. Clearly, this was a hate crime. And so- Leonard Skinner shirts are overwhelmingly worn by Caucasians. <laughs> well, let's lighten things up. Finally, it's Valentine's Day. I got my lipstick message Wait, on, my, on my mirror this morning. Kind of scared me. Oh, you oh, got really? a serial killer? <laughs> no, yeah. I was on. I was on the. Uh, I was on the throne, and I looked around. I just had a funny, weird feeling out of my peripheral Something's vision. I turned around, and there's like. I thought it was like. Blo- I was. This I'm watching scared, you. This is like a horror movie. I know what you did last summer. Because scared the, the poop right out of you? It did. <laughs> the mirror was already steamed up, so it made it even more serial killer looking. I was like, what? And I'm says, watching you. It and you ha- already got her flowers yesterday, right? Yeah, she got her uh, orchids, yeah. so. But uh, if you're looking for, there's not going to be anything in the stores. Nah, well, no, but, but... Smoke, you haven't done anything yet, have you? Oh, yes, of course. I set everything up this morning before I left. He's Did old. you really? Yes. Shut up. I'm so proud of you. I learned from Rick. I've been taking notes. I'm so proud of you. He's turned into such a pussy. And she's cake. getting it's- a Hess truck on my way home. <laughs> you know the little gas station? Oh. I know what it is. <laughs> I was, like, shocked for a minute. But uh, there's still stuff you can get. You may have to order this. I think you can get it by today. Hi, folks. It's President Biden, the president. And today's Valentine's Day. Did you forget? Then you need the Biden forget-me-nots bouquet, man. It's a bouquet with the flowers. And each one comes with a message from me, Joe Biden, man. Here you go, honey. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. They're beautiful. And there's a card. Dear Roberta, or whatever your name is, happy St. Patrick's Day. Wait, that's in March, I think. What day is it? Keep reading. Oh, right, man. It's Valentine's Day with the thing. You know the thing, man. And roses are red and violets are also flowers because of the thing. And happy day with the flowers, man. Hunter's a good boy. It goes on like this for a few pages, but you get the idea. So what are you waiting for? Get the Biden forget-me-nots bouquet or whatever I called it before, man. Call the number on your screen. No, wait. This is radio. Call one 89 Two, maybe there's a five in there. Oh, hell, Jilly knows. Just call now. Rick, chill, and smokestack. Ugh, fine. On Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. 
Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So last night was a pretty big night here in Orlando, Florida. The Magic retired Shaquille O'Neal's number. I have many wonderful magic, magical memories. There's no other place I would have wanted to start my career. Orlando, Orlando will forever have a special place in my heart. He's the first player to ever have his number retired by the Orlando Magic, and then they went on to stay and, like, watch the game, and then we lost. He also went on to thank uh, other people, like uh, his... That's right. I had to thank Icy Hot, my big sponsors. I've been putting Icy Hot on myself for years, and now Icy Hot's putting dollars in my pocket. Also got to thank a lot of people. I got to thank everybody that supports my uh, DJ endeavors. Shag Diesel out there spinning the tunes for everybody. I gotta thank uh, the guy that makes all of my uh, gigantic beds. I wouldn't be sleep. I'd be sleeping on the floor if it wasn't for him. What about shoes? I, I, shoes. I shoes. Well, the shoes. The shoes I get custom made. And a lot of times I make my own shoes. I remember the days I used to wear milk crates for shoes because it was it was it was always big enough to fit my giant shack feet. Has anyone been to any of his parties that he's actually DJed? Is he good? Um, I've been to one or two. They're very fun. No, no, you're the one spinning. That's right. I turn it out. <laughs> Shag Diesel. I still be making shots all the way from the DJ booth. Okay. What do you got coming up, Jill? Uh, well, you know, speaking of sports and apparel that you were talking about, shoes and whatnot, this isn't really shoes, but Tiger Woods and Nike parted way. Yeah, oh, wow. Right. What well, do you think of that, dear Chuck? Well, it was interesting because the title that I saw when I first was kind of skimming through was Nike fired Tiger Woods, and I thought... Okay, that probably yeah. didn't happen. We're going to go in a different direction, Tiger. I mean, uh, flying over medians and almost killing three people, you know, that kind of, not our brand. That's right. It doesn't look good. So, it turned out it was mutual. and I they, hate you too. Yeah, so <laughs> he parted his way, obviously, with Nike, um, and he started a new clothing and shoe brand with TaylorMade Golf. Uh, it's called Sunday Red. If you follow Tiger Woods, you know that every Sunday he wears red. And so he always wears a red shirt. And so they named it Sunday Red. So it's probably going to make a buttload of money, which I'm guessing. Uh, he's going to be wearing it this week at the Genesis, um, the Pro-Am. I think it's, is it is it coming up this Wednesday? I think he makes his uh, debut with that. Um, this is going to be his first PGA event since withdrawing from the Masters, I think, back in April when he had that ankle injury. Remember him limping on there? Yeah. I thought he was done. Mm-hmm. I thought I was surprised when I was sitting there and I looked at the TV and I saw the ticker that was like Tiger back at the Genesis uh, tournament. And I thought, oh, he's still playing? I mean, I wouldn't retire too quickly if I were him either, as long as I'm still making money, especially if I just got my own apparel line. But... Yeah, I wonder where these are made. I think his uh, his kid's going to be taking his place sooner than we think. Have kid's amazing. He's insane, and he stands like him, and he hits like him, and he walks like him. He's a tiny little tiger. Yeah, that's right. That apple will fall from the tree. Uh, hope, he has, it, Chuck. hope you have a different taste in women. I don't know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I liked the first one he had, though. The one she that smashed put, the window? Aline Nordegren? She didn't put up with any of his crap, though. She was done. <laughs> She's like, and everyone it, wanted to paint her. It's the 20th girl this week. Shh. 
Well, yeah, she, everyone wanted to paint her as crazy, but she had had it. I would have well, been crazy if I had been through what she went through, too. Yeah, she did pretty well for herself, too. What did she do after that? Oh, she got all of his money. <laughs> she wouldn't have to lift her own spoon or fork for the rest of her life. Wow, nice. I'll marry the guy. Here's a new trend on social media that some people are picking up on. I wouldn't do this because I wouldn't know it was happening, but I guess when you're working from home, past three years have been so strange. I think we're going on four now. Um where everybody has a camera set up because you're if you're working from your home office and you have your computer and everything and so people will because they were bored because they didn't have enough work to do film themselves so the new trend now is gen z is filming themselves getting fired so if you have an inkling or a, yeah no they're filming themselves being fired like practice firing no no oh like gosh. they have a feeling that they're going to be fired so they're Maybe sitting because in front you're of filming their, yourself i well, they're sitting in front of their computer, and I guess they were like, this one girl that I'm about to show you, her name's Brittany, she went viral because she was sitting there saying, okay, I was told to be on hold for uh, this time slot. I forget what time slot it is. Let's just, for argument's sake, say it was 10 to 10.30. And she got a call from a couple other employees that said they were told the same thing at different time slots, and they were all fired. So her assumption was, I'm going to be let go. She'd only been working there for five months. She started working there in August, and they let her go in December due to performance. Here's how it went. We decided to part ways with you. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. Sure. Um, so I started August 25th. I've been on a three-month ramp. And then it was three weeks of December. And then a week of Christmas. And then here we are. Um, I have had the highest activity amongst my team um, since I've started. I have had three contracts out, done a really great job managing my deals up until the very end that decided not to close last minute. Um, so I don't think that that makes a lot of sense for me and my Cloudflare journey here so far. I don't get what's going on. So the guy comes on and he says, uh, we've decided to part ways with you That's because what he of said. your performance. And she goes on to say, you heard her, uh, I started in December. I've been doing great. I've." But if the, what, you, what if you they thinking to, what? That she's going to get her job back? No, I think she, uh, the caption of the video says, I feel the need to stick up for myself. But, but why? let me paint the picture for you. When you listen to her whole thing, she never closed a deal. She had a three-month probation, which a lot of people have at their jobs. Yeah. Hey, let's see what you can do in three months. If it's a great fit, you could stay. If not, we'll part ways, no hard feelings. Right, she's had contracts out, but none of them got signed. None of them got signed. So, and then the rest of the video, was really long. I didn't want to bore you with her, the actual, because it sounds kind of cloudy, but she goes on to say, all my bosses told me I was doing such a great job, and they were like, way to go, matter? you're doing great. Yeah, she said, just because I didn't close, and I thought, well, there, you didn't do... Yeah. At the end of the day, they need you to be... They need you to produce results, and you didn't produce the results. Anything. So... I was had to read further because I thought, why are they doing this? It's because Gen Z has never been fired before. And uh-huh. to them, it was like a breakup. And they wanted to put it on social media to get feedback from people. Like, almost like if a boy breaks up with you and like, that's stupid ass. You don't need him. He sucks. And so that's the kind of feedback they want from their former employer after getting, so to speak, broken up with by their job. Okay. Well, They're lame anyway. Well, the thing is, is once you get fired, I mean, I know from experience, hell, I've been fired so many times I can't remember. Right. Uh, when they 
say we're letting you go, we're going in a different direction. Uh, it's not a good fit, blah, blah, blah. You shake their hand or one manager, I kissed her on the cheek. I walked out. I said, thanks, bye, see you. Right. That's the best thing you can do. Not not sitting there going, well, you know, I'm this good and I'm so good and this is not fair. Right. And you turn into a little baby and they don't like you and they'll never recommend you anywhere. Well, Wait. here's the other thing, too, is you never know where somebody that you used to work with might end up. Five years down the road, you might be applying for a job and someone you used to work with might be at that job in a position to hire you and they're going to either go you know what that one took it in stride t- handled it with total class I would 100% hire that person again or they're going to go you oh. know they were a big old crybaby I don't want to yeah. work with that you're person. the guy that pooped in the kitchen giving everybody the finger <laughs> I got yeah. You. yeah. no I kissed the GM I had the same company hire me two weeks later and I worked there for three and a half years yeah so. Yeah, I mean that happened. To, that happened to me here. Yeah, if the station flipped and everyone got fired, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll miss you guys," you know, and I walked out, and I get a phone call on the way home. They're like, "Well, wait." <laughs> yeah, um, you see, the boyfriend breaks up for you. You got to do what you do. You just say, "Okay, fine." That's happened to me in the past too, where someone. Well, wait went, a minute. Yeah. yeah, they call and go. I don't know where anything is. Help. <laughs> well, someone broke up with me, and I didn't say anything, and they were like, "Well, don't you have anything to say?" I'm like, "Do you want?" What, what do you want this to be like? Here. Tribal council on Survivor? Or you want me to plead my case? If you don't want to be with me, I don't want you to be with me. No, I'm not I want you beg to beg you to stay. Yeah, yeah, I want you to cry, and uh, you're not going to stand outside in the rain with a radio. And a week later, it's like, oh God, they made a mistake. I'm so sorry. I love you. I'm like, new number. Who dis? Sucks to suck. And speaking of social media trends, this is uh, kind of strange. So this guy, Ugh. I see a lot of diet culture things on social media. And I understand if you're a trainer and you're trying to use social media as an advertising tool to get people to hire you and look how fit I am by doing nothing but eating, you know, cheese all the time. And you go, oh, I want to eat cheese all the time. I'm going to hire this trainer. So this guy eats a block of butter a day. Oh my gosh. I can't, I want to, I get nauseous just reading about it. Is in the hospital? No, he's actually super fit. Well, butter's not that bad for you. I mean, I would, you know. But a block a day? What kind of block, like a stick? Yeah, are we talking a stick? Because that's not bad. I use that all the time. So here's, here's what he has. He says his first meal of the day is raw milk and cheese. Okay. Um, he's two hundred and excuse me, two hundred and forty-two pounds, oh. and he's six foot one. Oh, what? the dude's pretty big. Um, That's overweight, though. He won't eat. He's really okay. Is he muscular? One, or super I mean, muscular? Close, he's muscular, but he's one of those. It's not proportioned. So his shoulders are round. They look like you pumped him up with a bicycle pump. Yeah. And then you could see all of his veins. Ew. And it's just, I'll show you his picture. I'll try to put is a picture it, up if you want to see it. Steroids and butter? It's <laughs> No, but he, he boasts about eating no fruits or vegetables. He eats raw milk, cheese, and a stick of butter every single day. And I got to be honest with you, I can't believe he's not dead. Does he go to the bathroom like once a month? Well, yeah. if you're eating all the butter, I think you'd be in the bathroom all the time. Uh, That's a lubricant right there. Ew. How are you still alive? Want a delicious meal that will keep you big and strong like bodybuilder? Then you need I can't believe you're not dead yet butter. It's an entire <laughs> block of butter that you eat every day until you are very big and strong. Hey, honey, did you hear about my new diet? What are you doing? Are you eating an entire block of butter? Nope. I can't believe you're not dead yet, Butter. Yes, just a few days of I can't believe you're not dead yet, Butter will have you looking buff and manly and will have people saying, I can't believe you're not dead yet. I put on 60 pounds in just a few days, and I think some of that is muscle. And I, oh, man. Oh, I need to sit down. Oh, feeling lightheaded. I can't believe you're not dead yet. Yes, I can't <laughs> believe you're not dead yet, Butter. Eat an entire block of Butter a day and get big and strong. In stores now. 
I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy Talk, Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, stocks finish in the negative yesterday, all three. Dow. Um, was down like 500 points, right? Yeah. Ugh. All because of inflation, inflation rising more than expected. Now, again, uh, this is amazing because um, either this is the media saying, well, we're done with Biden, or there was an accident in the newsroom and somebody decided to tell the truth. Maybe they got excoriated after the broadcast on GMA. Don't know. But Good Morning America actually told the truth yesterday about the inflation numbers. I've been saying this for 20,000 years. Yep. That when they tell you inflation's down, man, month to month, last month was 3.4%, this month's at 39 That's not the way it works. Living in America. You have to go back. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Before Biden got in office, inflation was at 1.5%, which is under the tolerance that uh, they have for raising interest rates. If it's under 2 or 2% or under, and it's likely that um, the interest rates will go down or stay low, okay? We're way up. So in, uh, when Biden got in office, the first few months, inflation shot up to 9%. Okay, that month, it increased. Inflation that month, that, that increased, was 9%. Then it, it went up even higher, and then it stayed around 8% for a while. Then it diminished to 6%. And then recently, monthly, it's been down about 3.5%. I think this month was 3.1 in January. But, see, it's not over. When you look back now, I've been saying this forever, when you look back now, you got to add the 9% to the 3.1%, and still, everything is costing you 12 cents more than it used to on the dollar. Right in between, uh, between ouch and boing. And this is Good Morning America saying this, but first she gets to the numbers. There are items also on your breakfast table right now that are dropping in price. Cereal prices down about a percent. Sausage is down almost 3.5%, and coffee... Well, it's down almost one and a half percent. Thank goodness. So I, so I saw that. I was watching that but when I got off the air. Hold on, hold on. Story. I, got, I was watching that when I got off the air yesterday. I was like, here we go. Here we go. All the lies about everything's great. The economy's sizzling. What a booming economy. And then I got surprised when I heard her say this and look at the chart. But it is a very different story. If you are going out to eat, prices there up 5.1%. Now, in real terms, inflation is no longer surging. A family, a typical family is currently spending about 200 $111 more a month on the same goods and services as they were a year ago, but where you really feel the difference... Here it comes. This is what I've been saying. ...is when you compare your spending to two years ago, it's up $605. Compared to three years oh. ago, it's up more than 1000 which is why the Fed has kept increasing interest rates, but that has a cost as well. So the average family is paying $1,000 more a month. There I it is. I feel it. I a feel it. A month. Uh-huh. That feels right. That's since Biden got in office. Yep. Proof that people uh, in government, and really anywhere, love to lie to you with data and statistics, because it's way easier than you think. Like, you're like, well, the numbers show this. Yeah, but that's not the pie chart that I put on your TV. I just put the pie chart up, and you look at the pie and read the numbers that I put out there, and you think... Oh, no, no, there he's saying it. It's like you have to look at all the data. You can make anything look some type of way. 
Yeah, she could have stopped after the first part there. And, and just hit the rest of it. Which is what they usually do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of surprised that she went on. And, of course, you go over to the White House and you got uh, Kareen Jean-Pierre of Mellencamp Springsteen saying the exact opposite. And that's a good question. And, look, uh, we've been very, uh, very clear here that prices are still too high. We're going to do everything that we can to lower cost. That is something that we've done, whether it's junk fees, right, whether it's health care, uh, whether it's the Inflation Reduction Act that also includes health care. Okay, stop for a minute. Right. The Inflation Reduction Act was actually one of the first things that created inflation. Sorry, I scared you. <laughs> That's jump scare. Printing money is what creates inflation. Yeah, I mean, nobody else is allowed to do it. You get thrown in jail. But for whatever reason, the government seems to be able to just print money willy-nilly and have it ruin the economy. And no accountability there. And to be honest, it started with Trump and COVID. That's when we started out handing out money. So people all of a sudden had all this money in their hands. Truckers weren't trucking because they couldn't, because they were wearing masks and hazmat suits and they couldn't truck. Stores weren't open. So we have all these people with all this money and no supply. It's called inflation. Then all of a sudden, the little supply we got is worth that much more. But we still have inflation, so you got to add it together. That, there you go. That's the way that goes. But Pepe says uh, everything's going to be fixed. Uh, provisions in there to, so that uh, Medicare can, can certainly uh, 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 negotiate with Big Pharma, hence lowering some prescription drug costs, which is incredibly important, energy costs. And you know how that deal worked. Okay, we're going to give you the number one selling drug ever in your lives. Pfizer, you're going to make $20 billion dollars. We're going to get rich. Everybody's going to get rich and some people will die, but it's not a big deal. Here, I'll help you. We'll buy the vaccine and then we'll give it out to people. People will think the vaccine's free. They don't know. They're stupid. They won't know that they already paid for it by the exorbitant taxes they pay. (laughs) So now, Big Pharma, all you have to do to make it good is when I really need it, I need you to say that I lowered all the medical expenses and prescription expenses for people, okay? Especially insulin, which is very high. We get the highest prices in the world on drugs. But I'm just saying, you, you want to know how the deal works, the conniving little deals they cut in the back room. All of these things are incred- important to the American people, so we're going to continue to do that. We've, lo- we've, we've, we've uh, because of the president's action, he's able to lower cost at the pump, uh, uh, and so that's mattered. <laughs> she's a mess, man. God, she's just... God. Yeah, uh, again, though, she's probably had the hardest job yeah, but, but, in, in that position. Yeah, but dude, Pisaki handed that job perfectly. Yeah, but she was working with a little, little bit better than what we got going on right now. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I mean, you can only lie so much. I mean, with all the evidence going out there to show how terrible a job yeah. this administration's doing, but, imagine how difficult it is for her to go out there and pretend to, like, speak for that. I know, but she's so bad at it. Today, on this captivating episode of How It's <laughs> Made, we embark on a fascinating journey to unravel the inner workings of the notorious blabbering weasel. This repulsive creature serves as the representative for a peculiar herd of jackasses. Our investigation focuses on the role of this dishonest weasel, responsible for answering questions and delivering daily press briefings on behalf of the jackass herd. Crafting a blabbering weasel begins with a peculiar selection process, where emphasis is placed on identity politics rather than qualifications. Once chosen, the blabbering weasel is trained in the art of bending the truth to present the jackasses in a favorable light. 
Various techniques are employed to achieve this goal, including the skillful manipulation of people's words to fit a predetermined narrative. But that's not all. The blabbering weasel employs a repertoire of tactics, such as skillfully bending the truth and strategically fielding questions only from friendly reporters who are known to be sympathetic to the jackass herd. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty accurate, isn't it? Not far off. All right, uh, I don't know what happened in this uh, Austin accident. This was unbelievable. That's nuts. One oh, person yeah. is dead, five people injured. This car drove right into the St. David's North Austin Medical Center about 5.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Here's the uh, Austin Fire Department. Upon arrival of units, a level four mass casualty incident was declared, which indicates that there may have been upwards of 10 patients on the scene of the incident. Two pediatric patients and one adult were transported to Dell Children's Hospital. One of those pediatric patients was in critical condition. Yeah, I mean, it went right into the emergency room where the seats are and everybody's waiting and everything. I'm surprised no more mm -hmm. people didn't get killed at full speed. And there was a fire that ensued. There is a damage to the outside, to the doors of the building. Um, there was an aquarium inside. If there's any pictures that are out there of water that was due to the aquarium. Um, we feel very fortunate at this point. The preliminary report is that the facility is in good condition. Wow. So in Daytona, police are searching for a guy accused of attacking his friend with a sword. Really? A oh, sword? A sword over in... Sword? Sword. The ward. Sword. In Daytona Beach, uh, there's a warrant out for 35-year-old Walter Grimes. Police say he recently became homeless. They're working to locate him. It was a fight over an Xbox game. I walked out of my apartment, and some guy came out to me, and he said, you need to call the police and send them that and this all started over a gaming console police say the suspect wanted. He asked him, was he going to let him have his Xbox? And he said no, and I guess that must have upset the guy. Yes, yeah, so they're still looking for him. 35-year-old Walter Grimes. I don't know where he is. He's just running around with a sword? Uh, I don't know if he still has the sword. Yeah, I think he might have left that at the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the sword. What? Did he get it at Home Depot? Is it the Harry Potter? Probably hanging I, on his wall. I think it was already in Buddy's room, and he just kind of grabbed it. Um, Biden and the Biden administration, which banned TikTok from uh, government uh, equipment, you know, phones, laptops, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, joined TikTok. Now, you know, he didn't join TikTok, but his people were like, you need to get on TikTok. You're losing this thing. Well, you know why. You got to go where the kids are. What? What's he going to do? Well, no, they're doing it to try to get votes. For the election, I told you, Rick, you know what China's planning on doing? What? Is they're going to start using AI to put out videos. Now, it's good-looking men, good-looking women. They're all fake. It's AI-generated. That's going to spread more messages of divisiveness and hate so that the Biden administration can come, oh, we've got a solution for all this. It's slowly going to be brainwashing your children, which, by the way, 50%, I just read this the other day, of all of the information on TikTok goes right back to Beijing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're the owners. They're, they own they own the whole thing. I mean, you know, they have, like, subsidiaries and stuff, and they also have some, uh, you know, guys working in Singapore, mm -hmm. and they have, obviously, they have offices in Los Angeles to make it seem like it's, you know, but it's all China. So he had some kind of uh, representative or focus group where they said, hey, here's the deal. All the kids are on TikTok, and if you want these people that just registered to vote at the age of 18 to kind of see anything that you're about, uh, they probably don't know who they're voting for. They probably don't care, but let's get you in front of them on TikTok, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. Is he aware 
the potential risks by using that uh, platform that all the data are basically subject to CCP's like a, you know, any day control. I thought there is a ban of using TikTok for all federal agencies, employees. So I don't know why Biden decided and to go there. I maybe he's desperate. He needs young people's votes. Mm-hmm. Well, he chose a TikTok because he knows that's where lots of Gen Z generations, young voters are, and they're easily to be manipulated and controlled and brainwashed to continue to vote for them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to say everything that she just said. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she had such a cool accent. Well, you know what else is funny is she, so they asked, uh, Peter Dushi asked, who's Kirby, is that the guy that gets up there yeah. when Jean-Pierre's not up there? Mm. And do you have that? I don't want to step on your toes. No, I you don't. Have it. So they asked him about, how is Biden even going to be on TikTok when it's banned on all government devices and he's, for the most part, always on property unless he's, I don't know, vacationing somewhere. And he couldn't answer it. Because you, I like you well, said, he doesn't it's, even know well, what TikTok him, is. Yeah. It's, it's people, but at the same time, he's—I'm sure he's got a social media department, and he was like, well, I, uh, "We just we can't use him on government devices," and that's all he could answer. And they're like, "Yeah, but why is the president?" The question was posed: How does the president have time to be on TikTok? Shouldn't he be worrying about other things? Yeah, what's he doing? The dances. Check it out, man. I'm doing the cinnamon challenge. The viral TikTok where, cooking where, trends. Where do I stick the cinnamon? <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, the, that lady that was talking and describing this whole thing, she's a former, like, CCP person Yep. from China. I mean, exactly. she's running for representative now because she left and, like, figured the whole thing out. But if anybody knows that kind of propaganda and how, like, China's Communist Party works, it's her. Yep. But, yeah, I don't... You know, I get you're trying to get a young vote, but at the same time, bud, nobody likes you. Check the polls, Jack. <laughs> All right, let's go over to Sweden. Water parks are blowing up in Sweden. That thing just blew up. It's crazy. Fireballs are rising in the air. Yeah, um, we wouldn't be covering a story from Sweden if this weren't so extraordinary. It's a water park. I mean, it's a... What? 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 I mean, a motor shorts out and a little fire. No, this was like... An explosion. Several explosions. It looked like it was being attacked by missiles. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't figure out, like, what, aren't they filled with water? That's what uh, I... It was a raging, in, a raging inferno erupted at the new water park in Sweden on Monday with flames disseminating a number of under-construction outdoor water slides. Uh, the massive blaze ripped through several yet-to-be-opened water slides, including one with a drop of 43 feet. Uh, harrowing footage. And when they say harrowing this time, it was appropriate. It, it, you look at it and you can't believe you're watching a water park. It I didn't even know it was a water park until I read the caption. I thought I was like watching video of a plant of some sort. The explosions, there was three of them, sent debris hundreds of feet in the air. One of them penetrated the building across the street. Whoa. The water park is a new addition to uh, Gothenburg's Lisburg Fun Fair of the Nordic region's biggest amusement park, sort of like Universal. Right. I'm just so curious as to what was under there. I don't know. Unless the the slides and the pumps were run by diesel. Does but it even not that say? Does that, it not say how they no. think that it... I mean, it was three distinct huge... Explosions, And they have no leads on how that could have happened. Or if they do, they're not releasing it, I guess. Yeah, and we probably cut the story off at that point, so. 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced a new bill during a press conference yesterday that is set to increase penalties related to retail theft in Florida. He's, everybody's, <laughs> all these stores from New York City, the bodegas, the uh-huh. little stores. Closing. All those people are closing and moving to Miami. I don't blame them. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, other people, we had a bunch of nuns close their entire what do they call that? The condiment? The What's con- that thing called? Convent. The yeah. convent? Condiment. Ketchup, mustard, you know. All that. They closed stuff. it all up. Every every condiment. And they left for Florida. It's like 14 nuns. And you will still, you will still have people that say, well, that's discriminatory on DeSantis's part. People need some things to live and survive. We shouldn't be punishing those that steal things that aren't theirs. My uh, wife was talking to one of her lawyer friends up in New Jersey that she worked with for 16 years, a good friend of hers, and he's a super liberal guy, and she, and he's just having a lot of trouble up there. He's just, it's like, I know what he feels like. It's you grew up there, and then you come back there, and then you work, you know, it's just like, and then you have a bad winter, yeah. and it's enough to make you just re- assess everything you're doing yeah. and that's what I did so he's going through that right now and she says well, why don't you come down here he goes I can't come down there that's it's unbelievable it's mega country that's a hellscape it's great uh, I want to I want to spread that out that so, it's a hellscape so people stop coming stop here stop coming here because everybody's <laughs> moving here it's and too crowded and what's funny is these very same people that are leaving the trash bin that they left behind because they created it are going to come down here and vote Democrat because they want to change it I know it, and then they wonder, well, what happened to Florida? It was so free. Well, is anyway, Ron DeSantis with his new retail theft up thing. We're going to work to say, uh, you know, if you have two thefts in a year, um, at most three thefts in a year, that's not going to be a misdemeanor at that point. That is going to be a felony offense. And that's going to make a big difference because people have, have to suffer really significant penalties when that's the case. Now, to make you feel good about people still, which is really tough these days, up in uh, Michigan, the Mason Jar Cafe in Benton Harbor, uh, quite a surprise for a waitress there. This guy came in, bought some coffee and a very light breakfast. His name is Mark. The bill came to $32. He left her ten grand. Whoa, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. I know he was drinking coffee. His bill was only like $30, so the tip was like very big tip. We do have that time where it's we're not making as much money as in the summer, but I mean everyone goes through things and I know it's hard sometimes, but you know, you never know what what or who's going to bless you. That's cool, right? Mhm. And uh, finally, do you know that the you said it yesterday, but I didn't realize the magnitude of this. The Super Bowl audience was the second largest next to the moon landing. Yeah, it was the largest telecast for a Super Bowl yeah. ever. Ever. 123 million. Last year was 116. Year over year, that's a hell of an increase, and I think it's got to do to the Swifty effect. It's got to be. Well, you have more people that were watching football due to her, not necessarily maybe for the game, but they were watching it and maybe sitting there. Look, I talked to a bunch of uh, my like my dad friends, like my dude friends that have kids, and they loved it because they were like, I got to watch the game. My wife was engaged in the game. My daughters were engaged in the game. Like they all, We all got to watch it together. It was actually really nice. So right after the game's over, though, I saw a documentary on this. It's pretty spectacular to watch because you don't realize how fast they move. Oh. Uh, each team has all their Super Bowl merch ready. 
I know. It, my dad used to work for Starter, where they have okay. to have you have to have the apparel printed Everything. out for the winner for both teams. And at the stadium itself, because on the way out, they people want to they buy sell stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, they'll do it all the way to your car. Absolutely. So they have thousands of hats and shirts and things for both teams. But the minute they know which team wins, the other teams emerge. They rush it. It looks like a fire is happening somewhere. They're rushing boxes on the Mack trucks, these big 18-wheelers, and they're taking those things and flying them overseas. Didn't they used to shred them? I thought they used to get rid of them, but now they donate them to other countries? They donate yeah. them to other countries through a nonprofit could, called Good 360, and it gets flown to several countries, which makes me wonder, well, wait a minute. When you sell them over there, don't you have to tell them like it's worth something because they actually won, even though they didn't? I don't know. I mean, what do they uh, tell their people? I don't think they care, though. I think they're just happy to have clothes on their back. I see. <laughs> Welcome to ESPN, the Ethiopian Sports Programming Network. The new T-shirts and hats have arrived. Yes, and the winner of the Super Bowl 58 is... The San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> the dismal days of Joe Montana's futility are long forgotten. Once again, the Chiefs of Kansas City were denied victory in buck-to-buck Super Bowls. A humiliating feat not seen since the hard luck Patriots 20 years ago. So much for Chiefs dynasty. Travis Kelsey once again crumbled under the big game pressure. No wonder he cannot attract a beautiful woman. <laughs> Better luck next year. And congratulations to the 49ers. Back after this. It's Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. We'll take a one-minute break and then come back for the debate. Get your fix at 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. It's not stupid, never boring, till Bob goes true crime stories. So we're going to go back a little bit to Ryan Laundrie and Gabby Petito. Wow, now, I forgot about that. I know. I They made a movie about it, a Lifetime movie, and I don't think I've seen it. I was waiting for more to come out. I'm surprised they didn't capitalize on that a little bit more. How but long ago was that now? This was back in 2021. So wow. Brian Laundrie's parents admitted, are you ready for this? Okay. And you know that they knew something was going on. We've dove into this well, multiple times. And his car was in, in the driveway. But listen to this. So they admitted that they were worried about Gabby after their son called them days after he murdered her to tell them she was gone. Now they're claiming they didn't know what gone meant. They what? said that their son called them frantically. It wasn't a very long phone call either. They said he was very panicky. All he told them that was that like murder to me. Gabby was gone and that he needed a lawyer. Now, what are you going to think if your kid calls you and goes, okay, my uh, my girlfriend's gone. Oh, I need she must a lawyer. have just left, went, went out for some tea, and then it's going to come back later. So the argument from the mom and the dad were, well, we didn't know what that meant, gone. I mean, she could have just left. We didn't realize it meant that she was dead. Um, okay, stop playing dumb, folks. If he calls you saying he needs a lawyer and he's frantic, he done something bad. Yeah, the father's quote is, I had no idea what that meant. Um, <laughs> so you know that... Gabby's parents are suing Brian's parents because they're like, you knew something was going on. You knew there were problems. You knew that he had killed her when he called you and didn't go, okay, 
We need to figure out where she is. Well, after she went missing, his car was seen in his parents' parking lot. So he, parking driveway. Right. So he was begging his parents to kind of help him out. The mother said, she says the same thing. She said, uh, he could have meant by the phrase, I don't know what he meant, but I knew it was something serious. Then they came forward and the, the mother and the father kind of had a little bit of a disagreement because one of them was like, yeah, he didn't sound himself. We knew something was up. And the mom said, I started to worry about Gabby because she started to catch on, but she still didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got a lawyer. They put a $25,000 retainer on a lawyer for their son, which is interesting because they put a retainer on the lawyer. And then afterwards is when they released the statement that said, we didn't really know what he meant. So are you going to put $25,000 down for a lawyer for your kid if you think that she just walked away? Nope. You know what I'm saying? So... um, The dad said when they were questioning him, what did he sound like on the phone? He said he sounded like a kid in trouble. And so they said, well, if you think that she just walked away and he was in trouble for some other reason, you don't really need a lawyer for that. So now they're trying to get to this deep down root of the problem because they're also insisting that they had no idea about any kind of domestic problems that were going on with Brian and Gabby, which... The thing that still gets most people, at least for me, I won't speak for other people. For me, the thing that gets me is remember when the cops pulled her over? Yeah. She was crying. She had bruises on her. Yeah. And they were like, okay, everything looks good. Bye. And they left her with him. Yep. Yeah, I know. That's the part. I can't imagine how scared she was. If if you've ever been a victim, I've never been a victim of domestic abuse, but I can't imagine if you can't speak out and say, help me. No, the signs were there. We we all saw the body cam video. It's clear as day. You would have kept her there. You wouldn't have left her there. No, I would have said, "Eh, why don't you stay with us? We're gonna, we're gonna protect you." Yeah, what the hell was going on with those two? I, I, I still don't know. So, um, their lawyer, the Brian Laundry's parents' lawyer, has requested uh, a summary judge in the case of this um, trial that's going to go on. Uh, it would avoid trial if this is successful, and the judge could make a ruling right away. But they, it's not going to start until May. This is so many years later. I still don't, I still don't understand how. And maybe I'm just ignorant in this. How something can happen and you don't get a trial till five years later. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, in this case, it's three mm. years later, but at the same time, yeah, that just blows my mind. So yeah. who knows? Tune in again for more bad people doing crime things with Jill Bucko. So this is a, a, a random story. I don't well, not really random, but seeing as the Super Bowl was aired on Paramount Plus and it was the most viewed televised event pretty much ever other than the moon landing. Paramount had a huge layoff of about 800 employees. Here's the report that came out yesterday just ahead of all of these firings. Cuts are going to take place today. Will impact about 800 employees, translating to roughly 3% of that total workforce. There was an internal memo from CEO Bob Backish. He reiterated previous rhetoric that layoffs are necessary in order to return the company to earnings growth and right-size cost. I'm confident this is the right decision for our company and that these adjustments will enable us to build on our momentum and and execute on our strategic vision for the years ahead. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, people can't pay their bills. Uh, There was... Sirius XM's laying off 1,200 today. Well, this is who they own. That's It's all under pretty much, the, I think, the same umbrella. Paramount Global owns CBS, Paramount Plus, Pluto TV, a um, bunch of cable networks. That's Nickelodeon, BET, Comedy Central. They had exclusive Super Bowl. 
That's what I'm saying. They had to have made money like, from all that. All right, everybody, all hands on deck for the Super Bowl. Now that the hard stuff's over, you're fired. Leave. They lost $238 million in the third quarter. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeesh. So, yeah, a bunch of people got fired yesterday. And uh, today is Valentine's Day. There is a disturbing trend, and it has to do with Valentine's Day. You got to do something on Valentine's Day. It's one of those sucker punch holidays. Who here is not ready for Valentine's Day? A lot of you don't have time to pick a card for that special someone in your life. Happy Valentine's Day. Ready to go have Valentine's dinner? Your Facebook friend wanted me to ask if you would be his slash her Valentine. I don't go out on Valentine's Day. It's a heart-shaped card. Happy Valentine's Day. Really love Valentine's Day. We show girls love on Valentine's Day, and they let us blow stuff up on the 4th of July. <laughs> love you a long time. So here's some, according to this, date ideas. If you forgot Valentine's Day, here's some last-minute date ideas so you don't look like you forgot. Tell me mm. how you feel about any of these. Um, it says, see, if you can work out a way for both of you to take a half day off of work and spend some extra time together. Call the last in. minute? Yeah, like, hey, why don't you uh, say you're sick and I'll say I'm sick and we'll both go home at 12 o'clock today and we'll just hang out today and have like a play hooky. Oh. Got you. Go online, find a batch of nice Valentine's Day themed cocktails and then run to the liquor store, buy all the ingredients and when she comes home you have like a whole bar set up with some mm-hmm. Valentine's Day drinks. Uh, when you're together tonight, set a budget, take the cash that you can spend going out um, that you would have spent Okay, I'm not yeah. advised going to this one, but uh, and go out on a shopping spree. Okay, um, there's got to be a nice hotel in the area that has rooms available. Book one night, last minute, and pretend that you had it planned for weeks now. There uh-huh. you go. Put together a little picnic surprise for her. You can either bring it to lo- uh, her work or you as a lunch date, or you can have it at home. Why do we have to do everything? I yeah, do stuff what's up too. with that? Well, I mean, you could do both. No, I know, but what you're reading is all, he, you know, the guy has to do something. Well, the something. girl can do some of this stuff yeah, too, I get guess. Get off if your she ass, wants. do something. Well, it doesn't say the guy huh? has to do it. This just says oh, ideas. It kept so saying, I guess it could go either way. Yeah. Um, it says you can never go wrong with an at home spa day. I would assume that that would be the guy setting up the stuff for the girl. Of course, girl. say what I mean? No, she'll be giving me a petty. Can you imagine? You could hire someone to give him a petty. I just want a sits bath. <laughs> well, you like getting pedicures, don't you? Yeah, but I want a professional. I got the uh, the Asian lady from, uh, what is it from? Spa Nails in Spa Orange Nails. City. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. I just got one last week, and she's I forgot so how much I love them. Yeah. yeah. And they. Well, what's funny is sometimes, I had a week last week because my cat died, so I was all tense and stressed out. So on Thursday, I was like, I'm going to get a manicure and a pedicure. And... I go in and normally I just get the regular one of the mill pedicure, but I was like all on emotions and stuff. And the guy that I always go to, he's this, this little short Asian guy and he's so sweet. And he's like, you look like you have had a hard day. Why don't you upgrade to the ultimate pedicure? And I'm like, well, what's in the ultimate pedicure? He's like, it's like a 20 minute uh, massage after that. And you get to pick your scent and you get, and I'm like, he's like, you deserve it. He gave me that. And I fell for it. And I was like, I do deserve it. I had a hard day yesterday. I'm going to pick lavender. (laughs) I sat there for like an hour and a half getting a pedicure. It was actually really nice. But today's not just Valentine's Day. Rick's about to sneeze 87,000 times. (laughs) I can see it in your face. So when Rick sneezes, there it is. There's two. Two? Come on, where's the other four? Stop. (laughs) (laughs) My dad does the same thing, so that's why I laugh. It's not a one sneezer. It's always multiple. Uh, Today's not just Valentine's Day. It's also Ash Wednesday. So if you're Catholic. Already? um, Yeah. It's it's early this year because, you know, Ash Wednesday is not a fixed date. It's timed. It's kind of tied to when Easter is. 
So um, if you count back the six weeks from when Easter falls and then, you know, you go to the Wednesday before that. So, so this is the beginning of what? I should this, know this. I was Catholic. You know, this is the beginning of Lent. Okay, with the, with the, with the wreath, with the pur- purple candle. Uh, and that's the white. Advent. Okay, so what Lent, does that mean? Lent is with the palm. So Lent is when you are kind of focusing up to Holy Week, which is when Jesus was crucified. Is that and like bike Easter. week? No. Does he have displays with plastic Jesuses all yeah. over the place? Everybody rides their donkeys into yeah. Daytona Beach. You got wow. a chrome Jesus you can put in your car. I can't be a part of all the blasphemy right now. I can't even handle it. Okay. Well, no, you said Jesus Week. I don't know. Yeah, it well, leads yeah, up to we... Holy Week, which is the, the oh, week Holy that, Week, okay. It's the week that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, oh, stupid. Okay. <laughs> going to Holy Week? Vroom, vroom. Yeah, man. So, uh, the, what... Now, now, when do you... You go in to get the, the ash today? Today? today, you go in to get the ashes. The ashes are made from the palms, usually from Palm Sunday the year before. Oh, so they, these are ashes from the palms. Correct. I, yeah, see. I was wondering what they used. I was like, he doesn't just go out to the grill and they, scoop some no, of the No, they something. go to the ashtray. That's the old it's man. not the ashtray. Lord, if you're listening, it's well, them, not me. Happy forehead <laughs> ash day. I, I, gotta, I quit. I can't. I can't be a part of it. If you're Catholic and religious, today is the start of Lent. Better get to church and go get your sacrament. You do your Bible study and attend the Sunday masses. So go get yourself some forehead ashes. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Go to see the priest, he'll be there all day and night. He's gonna bless your forehead in a sacramental rite. So get your butt to church and join all the Catholics. Yeah, you better go get you some forehead ashes. Oh yeah! Oh yeah. Oh yeah! One more time. Oh yeah! I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you ready for some stupid news? It's stupid. Yeah. But we like it. Here's Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. This is unreal. So this teacher in Montreal, he's an art teacher, at Westwood Junior High School. It's in the suburbs. So um, he's been collecting his students' artwork, and he has a website called Multidisciplinary Studio Art. And in there, he sells all his student artworks. He's even put some of it on T-shirts, cups, coffee mugs, iPhone cases, and is selling them. He's got he's selling all his students' artwork without their permission. And taking the money from their art. Wait, right. One, one parent says, I'm extremely disgusted with this person. Parent he, Michael Bennett told the news. If he's doing it to like buy art supplies for the class, I could say maybe. And the kids are like, yeah, cool, sell it. But he, if he's just going, here you go, kids. He also sold artwork from his own daughters on the same site. Of course he did. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got to make up some dollars somewhere. So this goes back to the story. Remember the OnlyFans lady who pulled up to drop her kid off at school? It's a private school. And then uh, she got in trouble and they told her to park across the street. And eventually they told her kids not to come back to the school. Oh, well, she did yeah. park across the street and then they expelled her kids. Right. And they said because the kids were in there or, or other kids were in there after they saw the sticker in the back of her car that said OnlyFans and they were looking for her on library computers, which then you refuted and I agreed. I said, how could that be? They, don't they have passwords? And, and there's also a paywall on her OnlyFans. Right? You have to enter your ID and a credit card. Well, there's a will, there's a way. This guy, Mark Cowart, He's a, he's a college student. He's 25 years old, which means he's not a very good college student, but he's still there. I guess he wastes a lot of time, and probably this is a good example. According to the report, he was slopping the salami while watching porn on the library computer in oh. broad daylight. Oh! Cops arrived. The rep- How long were you doing this? 
all afternoon. Cops arrive. The report uh, says that they saw him on a computer terminal with his sweatpants pulled down and his hands in his boxers, actively <laughs> enjoying the day. <laughs> then came time to arrest him, which became a challenge because the handcuffs kept slipping off because of some ah, substance. Stop it! Oh, I don't want to talk ew. about this anymore. It's just lube. Anyway, <laughs> Alex Carrot has since been charged and his hands washed. What a beautiful Valentine's Day story. Isn't it? That's sweet. Self-love. Come on, put on the spa music. Ew. Gotta learn to love yourself. Uh, Hang on, officer. I'm almost done. (laughs) In in his sweatpants, too. Not like his trousers or his khakis. My stained, dirty sweatpants. Can't even dress up for yourself. Uh, Right here in the library. Can you take take yourself out to dinner first? No pride in how you look for your own self. Like, is he drunk? Please tell me he's drunk. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think no, so. No, this is just my routine. Any of it. Anyway, for the first time in Colorado prep history, uh, two athletes in Division One that play cornhole may get a full scholarship. Go on with your bad stuff. You do you. Did I'm you, not going to take that know? away from you. Wait a minute. Did you know that today, much like the draft, is National Signing Day for cornhole? For cornhole? I wish I would have known this a long time ago. Yeah. What position do you play? Uh, Thunder Ridge High School students Jason yeah. Remick and Gavin Heyman made history by becoming the first Division One five-star cornhole recruits in the country. Elliot, put down the math homework. Pick up a beanbag. This isn't just <laughs> cornhole anymore. This is not something you might see on any... This is something that might become an Olympic sport at some day, sometime. Watch cornhole. This is a potential full ride to a university. Winthrop University cornhole coach Dusty Thompson said. Can I be honest with you? What? If cornhole was an Olympic sport, I would watch it. I I think it's exciting to watch people play cornhole. I don't call it cornhole because I think it's weird. I call it it? the beanbag game. Everyone's laughing and riding and cornholing except Buster. See? You call it the what? Cornhole sounds weird. It's cornhole. <laughs> Stick it to him in the cornhole. That's. I feel like that's. It's a hey, metaphor. Peter. I don't like cornhole. Watch cornhole, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I don't like the. I don't like the name. I think it's an odd name. I love the name. Want to play cornhole? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Heyman, the coach says uh, anybody from three to seventy can play. It's for all ages, but now it's become serious. Was that guy in the library watching cornhole? <laughs> yes, that's what he was watching. <laughs> The ladies of cornhole. But I mean, it's, it's a scholarship. It for, is. It's you a, know, it's a full ride. If you can get a free college get education it. from it, go for it. Qantas airline passengers very upset with what's going on at Qantas. Apparently, the food sucks. Wasn't Qantas like super fancy and bougie? Well, they're the they're the safest one. What do you mean? Out of all the airlines in the world, they statistically have the less acts, at least amount of accidents and stuff. So Qantas is considered a very safe airline to fly, but apparently not when it comes to eating. Well, in the comments section, somebody wrote, you know, where it says, tell us about your experience with our cuisine. He wrote, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair anyway, enough. Anyway, uh, in the thread, a lot of people commented saying the food is terrible. One person posted a picture of a meal box revealing a bland-looking breakfast in a soggy box that contained eggs, sausage, hash browns. And why do they always have to do this? A soggy, wet tomato slice. Oh. I do enjoy a tomato slice with yeah, my but breakfast, they, but maybe put it separate because it is a little moist. Yeah, but when it's served at a restaurant or a diner, right. it comes out fresh from the thing, and it's right. you know it's got it's tomatoes still it's together. Wet. You put it in a box for a few minutes, it's a soggy. Dip the sandwich in the dishwater and then hand it out. <laughs> Comment section included included more posts like a box filled with potatoes and some kind of curry-looking brown mush. 
curry-looking okay. brown mush. I like that. Yeah, this guy said, I'm, look, I'm not a fussy either, but I can't eat this. This is an inedible. Most of the food here is. One box was dripping water on the passengers. Gross. I'm, I'm sorry, no, air conditioning vent was dripping water on the passengers. So what she did is she took the soggy napkin from under the box of the food she didn't eat and stuffed it in the hole. That sounds like a <laughs> lovely experience. <laughs> Qantas Airlines said they provide the best meals and they accept all the information, then they will process it and do the best they can in the future. <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, one passenger also said it's not just that their meals suck, this airline needs disinfection. Oh, man, gross. <laughs> said it smells bad. But you're not crashing. This, yeah. If it smells bad, it's usually the people on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. but they leave some of their peopleness behind. <laughs> With so many airline options, it's nice to know there's one that's honest about what they are. That's why there's inedible food in Dirty Airplanes Airlines, where we're upfront about the fact that all of our food is inedible and our airplanes are super dirty. Flying with inedible food in Dirty Airplanes Airlines was quite an experience. The food chipped my teeth and I kept tripping over garbage every time I got out of my seat. But at least the airplane door didn't fly off. Yes, our food may be inedible and our planes may be dirty, but at least our airplane doors don't fly off. That's our promise. My turkey sandwich was hard as a rock on inedible food and dirty airplanes airlines and the back of my shirt got some kind of weird grease stain all over it because of the dirty plane. But you know what didn't happen? The door didn't fly off mid-flight, so that was nice. Inedible food and dirty (laughs) airplanes airlines, where our motto is at least our airplane doors don't fly off. Book your flight today. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny Having fun with a world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. All right. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I was going to do this or not, but Jill convinced me. So, Ben Shapiro, if you don't know who Ben Shapiro is, um, he's got an amazing verbal intellect. This guy must have been the number one debater in college. He was, he's amazing. A lot of people don't like him because he's conservative. So if you're on the other side, you might not. He's conservative and he's Jewish. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, but he's, he's an excellent debater. I mean, I wouldn't want to go up against him no matter what. He is, shuts down everybody. And he still bucked at colleges, which is amazing for a conservative. Mm -hmm. And he'll go to a college. He'll face like the absolute, he'll go right to the front lines. Oh, he'll stand there and let you scream and yell at him. And he'll actually have a conversation with you and go, now tell me, tell me what it is you're mad about. And then he'll, have a discussion with you about it. And it's very sharp, and he's very smart. So anyway, at one point he was talking about how he didn't think hip-hop was music. So there was that. And I don't think it was a racist thing with him. He, I, I, You know, I understand. I'm surra- When I go to the diner, I'm surrounded by a lot of older men mm-hmm. that nothing's been made that can be called music since Eric Clapton. Gotcha. You know, so if it's after 1978, it's not music. Gotcha. So that mentality, I understand. And I understand in younger people. I remember living in Atlanta, and I was like 28 years old, and this other guy next door to me was 30, but he was like in the financial industry. And so he wore the dockers and the little leather shoes with the tassels and the plaid shirts, and he always looked all... I used to to call him a stud face. Okay. I said, you're a stud face, man. You're so boring. So one day he comes down the road. He's 30 years old. This is back in 1990-something, 91. He comes down the road. 91 was already, you know, Mm -hmm. we were hip-hopping it by then. He comes down the road, and he's listening to some old Eric Clapton. I go, dude, how old are you? Goes 30. That's his style. Why you got to hate no, on people? No, no. Then I had the discussion with him. I said, that's all you listen to? He goes, yeah, there's no music after this. I go, okay. And that's when I started to notice that such a, a trend. Run. No, people just, step men, 
stagnate. They say that there's no music after 25 years old, that most men, their musical palette is shut down at 25 years old. Because they like what they like. That's the, the memories attached to those tunes, and they don't want new ones. See, but to me, I love music. Yeah, so it's in not general. About, I love you have the an me- appreciation for it. I mean, I listen to crap. Like, uh, what's the song? Like, I'll listen to... Um, don't act like you don't love Nicki Minaj, because we both know you do. I do. Uh, and I also like that other one uh, with the Super Freak song. That, that's Nicki Minaj. That's Nicki Minaj yes. about a year ago. Yeah. That was an amazing song. But, uh, he, you know, like, while I see a chance, while you see a chance, something, the Steve Winwood song. While you see a chance, take it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. It reminds me when I was driving into San Francisco the first time in my life, being in California. Right. So, yeah, memories are great. But I like music mm-hmm. that doesn't have any memories attached. Gotcha. Most men over 25 won't are not open to any new music well, at also, all. Well, also, I've noticed, too, depending on where you come from, anything that has any kind of a beat, you'll think is rap music. But it's, n- it's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's it's not necessarily rap music. I remember being on radio, and, uh, and it was in Atlanta, too, and uh, hip-hop was beginning to, you know, rise. Dramatic. It was hip-hop and grunge were just mm-hmm. coming up big time, you know, neck and neck. Grunge was winning at the time. Pearl Jam was out. Yeah. And I remember that uh, they sat me down. I was the program director, and we had a top 40 station, and he said, what are you doing? Can you get on the show? Yeah, I'm trying to What are you doing? Floating. What? Oh, he spilled Your giant something. giant coffee fell over. You haven't noticed me mopping up a lady? I didn't know what you were doing back there. I thought you were working on You're a not throwing my coffee? Well, you kept it right here by the buttons. You mean on, you mean on the road? console? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, how horrible. I should keep it in my car. Anyway, so um, they sat down with me and they said, we're getting a lot of feedback that you're playing rap on the air. I go, it's Janet Jackson. We will. That happens to us here sometimes. Every so often we'll get an email that say, get this rap crap off that you played at 10 p.m. last night and we'll look at 10 p.m. Last night, and it will be something like a Janet Jackson. It's Janet Jackson. Or uh, even something as simple as Cool in the Gang or anything yeah. like that. So but That's not rap. So the, the general manager and the president of the company go, can you just slice that part out? I go, I'm going to start butchering songs by Janet Jackson because you're a racist. I didn't say that. That's right. what I wanted to say. But uh, yeah, so that happened. So I understand Ben Shapiro. But then something changed. I guess this guy. Uh, Tom who, McDonald. Who's been a big rapper. Uh, I never heard of him, but apparently I look at his sales of ra- he's just racking it up, man. He's he's big. He's huge. Getting there for sure. Now he's a conservative rapper. If there's such a thing, not much airplay for conservative rappers these days. No, <laughs> but that makes it even more incredible that they have. McDonald has the number one song two weeks in a row now, knocking out all the others. Well, it was it was number one on iTunes when they first released it because everybody wanted to hear it, and he knocked out Nicki Minaj, Justin Timberlake, and a couple. I think Eminem, and then when it hit the Billboard Hot 100. If you don't know what that is, it's how they rank songs when they come out week after week, based usually on sales, and. It's it entered the chart at number sixteen, which is unheard of for like a nobody. That's pretty high. Yeah. So the song's number one, but guess what? One of the top one million two hundred four thousand two hundred eight views of a guy talking about the song premiering February third has uh, almost broken the record for views on a single person doing a post such as this. It's Jordan Peterson. Yeah, if you don't know, you probably have should play a little bit of the song so people know what it's about. Well, it's, all I got is the clip. It's I don't an anti woke song. Yeah, sick of the BS and sick of everyone being offended about everything. Yeah, I just got a little piece here because then he starts talking. 
Yeah, so there it oh, is. Oh, you don't have the the I, original I have, one with Ben Shapiro's no, part? No, I don't. Richard. Sorry. Well, I can't do everything. So anyway, so Dr. Peterson, who is a... You, can you explain Dr. Peterson? I know you're fan. Uh, Jordan Peterson, um, he was like a professor in Canada for a while, but he got famous from... Uh, when Canada was trying to push their laws saying you have to use somebody's pronouns, he kind of came out and he's like, no, you can't compel people's speech. That's wrong. So he got a lot of attention from that. And since then, he's just kind of blown up to do podcasts and speaking events and stuff. So anyway, he's doing this uh, analytic uh, listening to Ben Shapiro and Mr. McDonald's song. Here is his first section. They call me controversial. Okay, well, the first thing we might point out here with regards to use of language is that Tom does use genders. And I think that's actually a, what would you say? That's an interpretive mistake because he should have used sexes. By using genders, he fell into the trap that the leftists have laid with regards to language utilization. They're very, very good at, once you use their words, they win. Yep. What a great point, isn't it? The rapper in the whole freaking world. Claim that I'm racist, yeah, all right. I'm not ashamed because I'm white. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. So with regards to every Caucasian being a bigot and his claim that then therefore every Muslim is a terrorist and every liberal is right, which is, you know, definitely not correct, especially if you're talking about the progressive mob. The fundamental problem with the woke reductive algorithm or ideology that Ben and Tom are criticizing. We did research back in 2016 looking at political correct, politically correct authoritarianism, and, and that was back when psychologists were just starting to analyze left-wing authoritarianism. And we found that the best predictors of being a left-wing authoritarian were being not verbally intelligent. That was a walloping predictor. It was the variable most closely associated with intelligence that I had ever seen, including grades. And so if you're not very bright, the woke ideology is very attractive to you. Wow. Eh? I didn't understand that. If you're not very bright, being woke is attractive to you because you're dumb. Because again, uh, everything on that side of the fence is based on emotion. You don't think things out. You don't have the ability to critically think. Mm -hmm. So all you do is base everything on your emotions. That's why you say stupid things and you do stupid things. But what did he mean at the beginning when he said about the Caucasians and the Muslims? What did that have to do with what he... No, he was talking about stereotypes. Smoke, help me out here. What are you doing? It's He's just talking about, yeah, stereotypes. He's talking about stereotypes and if uh, and uh, Tom McDonald and, and uh, Ben Shapiro rapping there about No, how- I know what they meant. I don't understand yeah. what Jordan Peterson was criticizing about it. He wasn't criticizing. He just said, obviously, those those are not true. Correct. Yeah, because they're not. He, he, right. They were rapping about the stereotypes and right. how we label people uh, depending on their racial category. Like, for instance, if you're black, you can't be conservative. Mm-hmm. That's what he was talking about. Gotcha. Okay, so Carry that on. makes a little sense. All right, here's the next part. The second best predictor was being female. The third best Okay, predict- this is about being, uh, the chances are that you're going to grow up and be woke and think like these people do. The second best predictor was being female. The third best predictor was having a female temperament. The fourth best predictor was ever having taken a course that had the woke ideology as a portion of it. Now, we are noting all over the world now that men and women's political beliefs are segregating. And so that's a reflection of the fact that this woke ideology is also a perversion of the basic female ethos. It's the extension of compassion far beyond its 
relevant domain. And it's an extension as a consequence of pride. You see, that's what I was talking about the other day. So you're a female, you're a nurturer. You're supposed to have children. You're supposed to nurture children. You're supposed to be hypersensitive about the well-being of your child. But what happens now is in our empty world and our empty culture, women or the, the being of a woman, that ethos, that what he's talking about right there, that, that, that feeling of having to take care of somebody manifests itself in you being authoritarian. And, and it's what we hear about. You notice how we're, you know, we got Colorado taking Trump off the ballot. That's an authoritarian action. So it's a female action. It's almost like, I know better for you than you know for yourself. So let me take care of you. It's over-hyping your compassion. And then the pride part comes in when you go out there and hold a vagina. Look what I did. A big vagina hat over your head and go, we're females and look what we did. And we're going to take care of black people. Because the biggest racism in this country right now is not necessarily the flat out racist, you know, that goes around pointing at black people saying derogatory terms. The biggest racist right now are white women who think they can fix the world for black people as long as they do it the way they say. So, yeah, it's like I, I'll decide what's best for you because I know better. So I, you don't want me to go on, right? You're already I, bored. I, I think you're explaining it actually better than Jordan Peterson is. Well, to he's, be honest a, with he's you. a clinical psychologist. I understand yeah. that, but just because you're a clinical psychologist doesn't mean people are interested in listening to you. you well, say, I know the big words make it difficult. No, but. I just think Rick explains it in a, in, a more un, in a more layman's term that people can relate to. I think you're doing a better job than he is. All right. Well, you get the gist of it. So what you can do now is you can go look, look at YouTube and go to Ben Shapiro's Facts, top-selling billboard analysis by Jordan Peterson. It's an hour long, and Jill wouldn't... Did you listen to the whole hour? No, but I listened to the I first half hour. I wish you had more of the song because I think the song is great. I think the, no, the song, song is, great is awesome. Because the whole point of this is that the song went to number one, and to not have the song seems like a little bit of an injustice. But whatever. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean the song. What are you going to pick up for the song? It's really hard. To, I mean, he's rapping at eighty miles an hour. But Ben Shapiro's part. The whole point was that Ben Shapiro has a song at number one on iTunes, and I think that yeah, ben but Shapiro's, it's not his. It doesn't matter. He's on it. The whole point Here, of the story. Is I'll play some he of it. He went into a 30-minute explanation of who Ben Shapiro is, and we don't have Ben Shapiro's part. Is all what right. I'm saying. All right. Here's the beginning of the song. They call me offensive, controversial. There's only two genders, boys and girls. They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world. Claim that I'm racist. Yeah, all right. I'm not ashamed because I'm white. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. I don't want to talk to folks who don't get it. Go woke, go broke, no hope. It's pathetic. Pro-choice pronouns, pro-love, you're progressive. But you ain't pro-gun, no one to protect it. Where the American flag's at? Remember when people would hang those? They've been taken down, they all been replaced with BLM flags or a rainbow. This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes. We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. Yeah, and then the song is uh, pretty much anti what most rap songs are about. And right. then there was, uh, it's funny because I didn't get it because I was so tied up in this Jordan Peterson. There was a bl- bunch of black podcasters that were all invited each other on each other's show and they were all simulcasting on the podcast and they were talking about how rap songs still to this day degrade women, Absolutely. promote guns, mm-hmm. violence, mm-hmm. gang violence, mm-hmm. and all kinds of misogyny and nobody says anything. No, and that's it's, it goes back to the thing what shocked me the most and I'll never forget I remember it was like yesterday when Dr. Seuss was canceled. Do you remember this? Yep. Dr. Seuss was canceled for being racist. The song that was and, and I think there was another term that they called Dr. Seuss, another reason he was canceled. It was another other than being racist. And at the same time, the number one song 
on the charts at the time was WAP by Cardi B. And nobody batted an eye if you've ever mm-hmm. listened to that song and the content of that song and what it's about. Everyone was fine with that. But Dr. Seuss, one fish, blue fish, red fish, two fish, however the hell it goes. <laughs> that is offensive, apparently, and racist. But Cardi B can talk about all the stuff that, that I can't even talk about it in the radio. It's the violent <laughs> but it's like you gotta go listen to it and everyone was fine with that so hypocritical right to listen because there will be people that will listen to this song by Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro and they will be so offended by it oh, oh yeah. my gosh I can't believe they get away with saying that why are they allowed to say stuff like that and people will be appalled at it but they're not appalled and if they are they're not saying anything about it about other music that's out there currently yeah and uh this is Ben Shapiro actually rapping on the song. I think I got the right spot. You're blowing money on strippers and cars. You go into prison and on television dolls. No one knows who you are. Keep hating on me on the internet. My comment section all woke Karen's. And I make racks off compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. Let's get a billboard number one. This ain't rap. This ain't money. And you know, before they did the song, they had no idea that this was going to make... I was probably just oh, for fun. And for, to, to, for, to prove a point, that's all it was. And that's what he said. He said, hey, Nikki. He's talking to Nikki Minaj right, right there. And he says, hey, Nikki. He goes, maybe this will be number one. It was. It's been number one now for two weeks. Nikki actually commented on it and said, hey, it's pretty catchy. Kind of like it. Yeah. Mm. That's a good song. Anyway, I encourage you to listen to the Jordan Peterson analysis because it gets even better. But, you know. Lose that is Jill's, even Jill's attention. No, you can keep going it as now, long as you go. I was enjoying your take on it. Oh, okay. You know, you think I give you a damn compliment. You think you'd no, be well, like, you. oh wow, thanks, Jill. It's You're so saying rare. that I, I, I'm more interesting than Jordan Peterson, but no. Yeah, he just doesn't get him off, and he's confused. It's all right. Dow Jones dropped 500 points. Why inflation Ooh. data was higher than expected? Really? And what's really shocking yesterday is that oh, they expected 2.9 percent increase. It was 3.1. Oh boy. So anyway, you got to, you know, you can't go month over month. That's the big lie. They'll tell you, oh, well, it's down, but it's not It's not down. You got to add the 3.1 to the 9 something that was in January of 21. All right? So here is the explanation from Good Morning America with George Stephanopoulos. He throws it to this woman who has a beautiful chart and actually on the second portion of this tells the truth. I heard this part and I thought, okay, here we go. And eventually in the next 60 seconds, they're going to get to it's Trump's fault. There are items also on your breakfast table right now that are dropping in price. Cereal prices down about a percent. Sausage is down almost three and a half percent and coffee. Well, it's down almost one and a half percent. Thank goodness. Yeah. So right there, I thought, oh, I got to turn this off because you know what this is going to get into. You know, it's like Trump, Trump, Trump. It's Trump's fault. This is all those magazines. Almost people. four years later, and yeah. they're still with the Trump, Trump, still Trump. Still with the Trump, Trump, Trump. But then somebody will call and say, are you guys still on the Trump train? What's wrong with you people? Yes. I'll get on a train. <laughs> Things were a lot better on that train. Let me think about it. Yeah, everything yeah. was less expensive. Gas was less expensive. Rent was less expensive. We didn't have 8 billion immigrants pouring into the country. Oh, we all had at least a little bit more money than we do now. So I sat down with my wife last night. I said, tell me exactly. 15-pound box of bacon for the restaurant. How much was it four years ago before Biden got in office? She goes, $65. Holy cow. I go, how much is it now for the same box of bacon? She goes, $157. So uh, this next portion. 
abortion insane. will make sense. But it is a very different story if you are going out to eat prices there up 5.1%. Now, in real terms, inflation is no longer surging. A family, a typical family is currently spending about $211 more a month on the same goods and services as they were a year ago, but where Okay, that was a year ago. Now she goes on. You really feel the difference is when you compare your spending to 2 years ago, it's up $605 compared to 3 years ago, it's up more than 1000. More than a thousand since he got in office. That feels correct. Right? I feel Which that. Is why the Fed has kept increasing interest rates, but that has a cost as well. <laughs> a thousand. Jeez. Isn't that something? Dude. All right. The uh, the big bill is in the House right now. The big bill, the $91 billion. Again, I think we've lost sensitivity to how much money that really is. We used to be awed by that, going like, oh my God, 90 billion that's 90,000 million that's it's a lot, <laughs> a lot of and then how many trillions are we in debt 30 yeah, something I gave you the you know it's funny you should ask I wrote down the exact number last night at 8, 624 p.m. I went to the actual clock you know that's rotating tells yeah. you how much. yeah at 624 p.m. last night we were in debt 34 trillion 231 billion 123 million 531,856 dollars oh my gosh that is $100,000 per single human being in this country imagine getting that bill in the mail <laughs> no <laughs> So now they want you to pass a bill for a war that uh, on the outside, it seems, yeah, that we should help them defend themselves. But then you start an- analyzing the whole thing and think about all the money we've poured into it. And you know what? There's no plan at all how we're going to end this. And, they t- and again, I say this all the time because it's true. Liberals will tell you the truth by accident if you give them enough time. Mm-hmm. So yesterday, Biden was out there talking about how crucial it is that we pass this bill right now. This is a critical act for the House to move. It needs to move. The bill provides urgent funding for Ukraine so it can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious, vicious onslaught. Now, we don't know when it's going to end. And he keeps saying, we'll continue to do this no matter what. Well, that's not a plan. No, unfortunately, it's not. So it makes you, first of all, uh, I'll play you this next segment here, but it makes you wonder exactly where the money's going. I'll tell you where it's going. We are paying the salaries of just about every political official in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Why are we paying their, we're paying their salaries. We're paying their kids' education. That's where this money's going to. Yes, yeah, some of it buys weapons, but most of it is being stolen by the most corrupt country in the entire world. Well, that's what I think most people are confused about. We gave them all this money, and then Zelensky comes back and he's like, I need more. It's like, well, what'd you do with the money we gave you? Even if we gave him all that money, willing you, if we just gave it to him and said, "Hey, what's the plan?" And he goes, "Here's the plan. We're going to do this, and then we're going to take Putin out here, and we're going to do." If you had, there's no plan. But to yeah. say it's just never ending, it's just indefinite. Which makes you think, what is this really all about? But let's let Mr. Uh, Big Guy go on. All this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine. It spends the money right here in the United States of America. Whoa. What do you mean, Mr. President? You mean are you actually going to accidentally tell us the truth about? The giant, giant elephant in the room, the military-industrial complex that we keep feeding. And if there's not a war, we can't feed it. Therefore, your Congress people who have stock in these companies can't make any money before we do because they're allowed to inside trade? Mm. Is that what you're saying? Places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built. Right, exactly. And I wonder how many congressmen are invested in that missile company in Arizona. Hmm. Probably America gives us word it means something. 
When we make a commitment, we keep it. Well, I don't know. I bet if you talk to some of the people we left behind in Afghanistan, like our 78,000 allies that worked with us, that we just left there to die, I'm sure they would differ on that point. We are stranded at home. We can't get to the airport. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans. Four days, we didn't hear anything from anywhere. Yep. That still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Should. This bill has another provision in it that's very dangerous. Uh, this bill is may not be a bill to fund Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan as much as it is a bill to tie Trump's hands should he become the next president. If you go back to, to 2019, Tucker, to try to give you a sense of why this matters, in 2019, the U.S. House impeached then-President Donald Trump on the theory that they had appropriated money to Ukraine and Donald Trump refused to send it to Ukraine. So if Trump is elected president again and become president on January of 2025, he will conduct diplomacy. And if that diplomacy does not include sending additional billions to Ukraine, there is a theoretical argument, a predicate, if you will, for impeaching Donald Trump because they have tried to tie his hands. Of course. Is, it, is that just amazing? I'm amazed. Uh, now, you, you, funny thing is you'll listen to all of them, all the networks, and none of them are going to tell you that part. Maybe Fox News, but the others won't. I'm not standing up for Fox News. I got my, some things to pick with them. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is none of the major networks that you know feed half of this population what they think is the truth will not tell you what's in the bill, which is that right there. Isn't that amazing? They're going to tie Trump's hands or any president in the future. That if you don't want to give money billions to Ukraine, so this, so get this. What you can infer in there is that they're planning on going on forever with this war because they have to have a war going well, on all the time. That's what I said indefinitely. Yeah. It's just their plan. It's business. Their plan is there is no plan. Just let it keep going. Keep, yep. keep it going. Keep it going. And the Republicans are in on it too. How would you describe the threat matrix against America today from your point of view after having been at the FBI most of your adult life? So what I would say that is unique about the environment that we're in right now in my career is that while there may have been times over the years where individual threats could have been higher here or there than where they might be right now, I've never seen a time where all the threats or so many of the threats are all elevated all at exactly the same time. That is Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, talking about what didn't get funded in that bill, which was supposed to, but we lost all our leverage because Republicans are useless, is the border. Nothing. Not a dime for the border. Nothing. Which is insane to me. Right? Isn't that crazy? It's like, we, we have no problem helping other people. That's, that's not why we're like, well, everybody else can just sit on it. We don't care. No. But we... Isn't it important for us to keep track of our own stuff? Yeah, that's that like is- buying tires for someone else's car when yours is on cinder blocks. It doesn't make any sense. Good analogy. I'm, I'm jealous. I, I'm bad at those. That's a good one, though. I can see that. All right. I left my baby back, left baby, my baby, back, baby, back, baby, baby, back, back, baby, back, coach. baby, back, coach. <laughs> now, if I did that, I don't think I'd post it on social media, but some people are just so incredibly starved for attention, even when they're married and they have children, that they do this. Social media has become such a thing now where people are so desperate for people they've never met, never will meet, uh, to give them validation for stuff and it blows my mind. I know there's influencers out there that make money off of things, but at the same time, it's so I, does nobody else see it as a desperation for validation? That's all I see when I see people like her. 
Well, I gotta be honest, this wasn't so bad because she had her boyfriend with her, but she stuck her boyfriend and the baby, which was on the floor, sleeping sounds awful, but it wasn't awful. It was in a you know, one of those. If the situation things. had just happened and it was it was just it was what it was, it wouldn't didn't. be a big deal. But she films the whole thing and then her commentary on it is kind of what gets under my skin. Wow, yeah. she didn't put him in the overhead bin. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about listen to her. I can't be bothered, entitled attitude. Mm. Yeah, she uh, she put the baby in coach with her boyfriend. She and was then, in she was in first class. She was in business class, which included a bed, a large screen TV, a sink. I mean, the first class on this airline. I really want to find out what airline it was. Is actually amazing. But then she just goes on and on and on and on. Business class on my baby and boyfriend flew economy. In our relationship, what we decide to spend money on is completely different. I love jewelry. Put me in business class any day, where Rob would never spend money on business class because he just finds it pointless. But he would spend money on restaurants where I just would never do that. I've never flown with anybody else. It's only ever just been me and Prim. So the thought. Of- All right, fine. You see this? That that goes on for ten minutes. <laughs> well, she she goes on and talks about it's so hard to fly with a baby on the plane I'd rather just not be bothered by it Mm. and she talks about how I left my baby back in economy and at first you don't hear the boyfriend part and Rick and I were appalled we were like what what are you talking about she's like oh my baby's in his bassinet back in economy I'm like next to who I just couldn't I was going crazy (laughs) Sarah keep an eye on him I'll be in front (laughs) drinking champagne that's that's what I thought at first I'm picturing her up in business class with her feet up watching sex in the city with a cosmopolitan that's what she was doing be in a car seat in a chair next to some random person. Yeah, don't worry. I'll be peeking back at you through the curtain condescendingly. <laughs> well, what was funny was is that uh, he's sitting in a single seat with the baby on the left of him by the door. The door that flies open, the one... Well, what's crazy <laughs> is normally that wouldn't be allowed because if you have a baby under two, they don't have to have a plane ticket, but they have to be on your lap. No, this one was on the floor on a little cushy thing, but it was right by one of those plug doors. <laughs> So if the door flies off like they have, then the baby just goes flying. I left my baby back in coach. coach. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, congratulations, dude. Did it the right way, right? Yeah, him and his wife, Emma Cordell, uh, got their U.S. citizenship this week. The actor explained that his naturalization ceremony came 40 years after he moved to the uh, U.S. He says, I finally did it. He wrote on Instagram yesterday, I've been in this country for on and off 40 years. First as a student, then as a fighter, then an actor. America has given me some wonderful opportunities and an amazing life. I'm proud to be an American. Look at that. You see, it's always the people that are from other countries that come here the proper way, Mm -hmm. that learn about the country, and then become citizens that appreciate the country. I must break you. Yeah. Then his wife, this is amazing. She's 66, and she's 27. Have you seen her? Oh, yeah. I how didn't how realize, long is that going to last? Well, they've been together for quite. I, I wouldn't say been together for a long time because okay. she's only in her twenties. Because like, when did they get together when she was sixteen? But I didn't realize. Okay, that would make him sixteen, sixteen, twelve, eleven. That would make him fifty-seven. No, I was six. lying. He was not with her when she was sixteen. I was oh. joking about that part. Oh, well, but no, I was just doing doing a little fun math. Yeah, but I didn't realize that him and Sylvester Stallone are still best like best friends which is funny because they hate each other in the movie but they they hang I, I watched a whole thing with Sylvester Stallone I forget which birthday it was and here comes Dolph Lundgren and his new wife she, they're married right yeah okay yeah 27 Hold on. going on 23 he was married before that though wasn't he with uh what's her face Brigitte Nielsen oh god yeah she broke mm. him she broke me. Or no, maybe it was Sylvester Stallone that was with Brigitte Nielsen. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe right. they both were. Who knows? You broke me too. Yeah. And, and finally, it's Valentine's Day. Hello, duh. Yeah. But I know some of you men out there probably didn't even notice. 
or you just went, oh, crap, because Rick just reminded you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know if you're going to find anything at Walgreens or CVS. AutoZone, pff, I don't know if you're going to find something appropriate there. there Wawa's of- got cool cups. <laughs> I'm sure you can find something. Look, a flower. My husband has never been so excited that I like tulips better than roses because he walked by the roses yesterday. And I'm sure they were outrageous today and yesterday. Mm. The price goes up. And I think he was like, thank God she likes tulips because they weren't as- <laughs> He just went to an apartment complex and yanked them? No, he bought them, but oh. their price wasn't as jacked up no. as roses were. They're tulips. But yeah. that's a good idea, Rick. For those of you who are, uh, you know, inflation's tough. You need to save a little money. You know, find a garden. <laughs> By the way, the uh, big business complexes here do have nice landscaping. Oh, Gorgeous. Yeah, so if, if you don't have time for any of that, you can always order this. Hi, folks. It's President Biden, the president. And today's Valentine's Day. Did you forget? Then you need the Biden Forget-Me-Nots bouquet, man. It's a bouquet with the flowers, and each one comes with a message from me, Joe Biden, man. Here you go, honey. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. They're beautiful. And there's a card. Dear Roberta, or whatever your name is, happy St. Patrick's Day. Wait, that's in March, I think. What day is it? Keep reading. Oh, right, man. It's Valentine's Day with the thing. You know the thing, man. And roses are red and violets are also flowers because of the thing. And happy day with the flowers, man. Hunter's a good boy. It goes on like this for a few pages, but you get the idea. So what are you waiting for? Get the Biden forget-me-nots bouquet or whatever I called it before, man. Call the number on your screen. No, wait. This is radio. Call one eight nine two. Maybe there's a five in there. Oh, hell, Jilly knows. Just call now, man. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. What a world. Streaming right now on 1059sunnyfm.com. Are we ready to get crazy? Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. So here's Bill Maher. He is talking about other late night talk show hosts. He's kind of ripping them a new one for saying, look, they're not really feel a certain way about anything. They're just going to say what liberals want to hear. I don't know how this art form has survived up until now. I mean, I understand why I'm on. Because I'm on HBO. It's an hour without commercials. And, I mean... Sorry, it's just a lot more entertaining. It's a lot more edgy. It's a lot more unpredictable. It's and it's true talk. People develop a relationship. They want to hear Colbert's take about the day. They want to see. Uh, it's Jimmy. not a take. Those guys don't have takes. I have takes. What they, what they do, I have a take on things. What they do is say exactly what a liberal audience wants them to say about that. That's not a take. I mean, I'm not saying it's not sincere. I guess it is on their part. But even if it wasn't, that's what they would do. There's never a moment where you don't know exactly, oh, this is the correct point of view on that. Yep. What kind of blowback do you think he's going to get from Colbert, Kimmel, or anything like that? I don't think they care. What's the show that he's on uh, when he does? That was Jim Gaffigan, comedian Jim Gaffigan, on oh, okay. with him next to him, where he does the podcast. Mm-hmm. Smoke. What's it called? Where they Jim Gaffigan's there? or no, Bill, Bill Mars. Mars? Real time with Bill Mars. Real time with Bill. Mars. No, no, no. They, oh, they do the side a, thing where they're smoking yeah, yeah. cigars. And that's at night. It's called. Oh God, it's uh, uh, nighttime with Bill Mars. Bill Mars after dark. No. Re- real, real dark with Bill Mars. Bill no. Mars behind the curtain. Uh, Bill Maher with cigars. Oh, Backstage God. with Bill Maher. William Maher in the <laughs> evening. Um, Rick's got to look it up because it's going to make him crazy now. Bill Maher PM. 
the best real- sleep you'll ever get with a talk show. Talk show. All I see is real time. I know that has another um, show. Uh, I think HBO. it's a podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's what's with the real time? Everything's real time. I don't know. Somebody will tell us. Barely left of center now with Bill Maher. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let it go. Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, he's not letting it go though. He's still typing. No, no, no. Go ahead and do your thing. I'm just gonna look. Billy's hour. That's <laughs> <laughs> not Billy's hour. All right, I'm going to move on to Valentine's Day. You let me know when you find it, okay? Okay, all right. I mean, it'd be cool if you listened, but whatever. I'm going to pick and choose what I want. I can't have everything. <laughs> um, if you want to go to Hooters today for Valentine's Day, hey. you could actually play Spin the Bottle there. All right. Honey, it's, I got a brilliant idea of a Valentine's Day. Come with me. Now, if you're thinking that you're going to get to kiss some of the waitresses, that's not exactly how it works. It's a Spin the Bottle game for a chance to win a variety of food deals today. Uh, club oh. Random. Okay, thank you. Club brand. I wouldn't have guessed that in a million Never years. Never. Yeah, if you offered me money, I couldn't have gotten that. Um, there's going to be a prize wheel. Rick, we're talking about Hooters. Welcome to the I know, discussion. I know. I was, I was listening in. Okay. These boobs. Uh, yeah. So, uh, prize wheel at Hooters. You can wing things like appetizers and desserts. Appetizers. And appetizers. I'm like an appetizer. Appetizer. Um, so yeah, if you want to go to Hooters today, there's that. Why don't you come bury your face in me? No, no, please. Win a prize. Have you guys noticed there's a an anti-Valentine's Day movement? And I can't decide if it's single people or if it's dudes that don't want to have to go out and buy things for their um, significant others. Oh, if it's movement? dudes, I'll join it. Yeah, it's because a lot of people think this is a Hallmark holiday and it's a it crafted is. holiday. Push to sell cards, chocolate, jewelry. Um, some people actually say, I, Rick's going to roll his eyes, that it's harmful for your mental health. What? Yeah. It's triggering, Rick. It is? Again, oh, I go yeah. back Valentine's to Valentine's Day is triggering to some people that don't have a Valentine, I suppose. The agitation, oh, and the oh. chocolates, and the card, and everything feels cliche, even though you want it to be special. So, uh, yesterday at school, they were talking about candy and how today is the candy will still be for sale today, but tomorrow everything's going to be fifty percent off. So, Ellie, candy, said, Valentine's Day candy. Oh, is all fifty. I didn't know that was a thing. You didn't know Valentine's Day candy no. was a. Th- I thought it was flowers and dinners. I didn't know candy was involved. What a, the Are Halloween you kidding pe- me? Have you not stepped inside of a store? It's nothing but candy. You know, you know how the the, the chocolates and all the heart shaped oh, chocolates. Box. Yeah, but I'm you're talking candy, candy. I'm chocolate hearts. Chocolate, chocolate usually candy? falls under the category of candy. Yeah, yeah. I don't call it chocolate candy because I hate candy and I love chocolate. So okay. <laughs> Well, chocolate's chocolate. It's not candy. Candy's that crap like lifesavers and bleh. If we're done with your therapy session, can we move on to Twix and all that sugary crap gummy bears with that with that sand on the outside? Can you imagine Jeez. being Rick's Valentine in high school and you giving Rick candy and then he's like, ugh, this sugary crap want, with the sandy thing. Uh, give me, me a bottle of wine. He's like, I don't drink alcohol. I want some but ammo. I love grape juice. Give me a heart-shaped ammo box. Complains about everything, doesn't he? Did Angie get you anything? I would advise her not to. No, actually, we, we, uh, we have a ban and actually participating in the major holidays and we do it every other day. But didn't you get her, you got her flowers though, yeah? Yeah, but that wasn't necessarily for Valentine's Day. You tell lies. Of he course was, it was. It was orbiting Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. It was, you know. Yeah, Rick, Rick's really smart. He does a preemptive strike. Yeah. He goes, now that it is February, I will not take the chance in forgetting. Here's prizes at the beginning of the month. I'll see you at the end. Best of luck. <laughs> Don't bother me for these middle 20 days or so. There's, <laughs> I like that. There's prizes. You want another prize? Come on down. <laughs> well, here's what influencers, going back to what you were saying earlier, about the girl on the plane. Influencers are sharing their ideal Valentine's Day gifts. Now, please try to keep in mind that these are the opinions of influencers. 
One girl said her ideal Valentine's Day gift would be another set of Skims loungewear. Okay. Valentine's <laughs> How tawdry. Uh, Valentine's Day for me is all about the little stuff. This is a TikTok star said it's about being pampered and feeling loved. I like to put little baskets together uh, with favorite candies for people, fluffy socks, maybe some lotion and some bath salts for a cozy night in. Okay. Rick, what would you do if Angie came to you with fuzzy socks and bath salts? Well, I mean, I, I pretend to be excited. Would and, you? And then I just put them away under the sink. You don't strike me as a pretender. Well, no. I mean, what am I supposed to do? These suck. What would you get me a box of soap for? <laughs> what are you saying over here? Here's the one that takes the cake. What? This is an influencer now, and I thought, did you just really need to put up content and film a video and you had nothing to talk about? Maybe. Her answer for the ideal Valentine's Day gift, and this is her quote, I can't think of anything more romantic than a freshly brewed cup of coffee. Okay. I can't think of anything more romantic than a piece of bacon <laughs> on a toast. Happy Valentine's Day. Here's some coffee. <laughs> I from might your like own that. coffee maker downstairs that you could walk to and brew yourself? Yeah. Not even from a coffee shop? No? Mm. All right. Maybe it's just me. And finally, if you have Amazon Prime, you are going to start realizing a little bit of differences showing up in your programming. Oh, oh yeah. This is some... Ju- I know. What? Bad. Um, he's flailing his paws all over the counter. Prime Video subscribers now are going to be forced to watch ads because now they're got advertising. Where isn't that why I pay for Prime so I don't have to look at the ads? Wait a minute, in the middle of the the, the movie? Yeah, yeah. In you the middle, the thing that you're already paying for. They want you to pay more. Wait a minute. No, this is, this uh, is what problem. are you confused about? <laughs> because what the whole point, he's right. The whole point of paying for it is you don't have to see. And now look, if they run a commercial or two in the beginning, I'm used to YouTube. What's the difference? But if they put it in the middle, well, that's yeah, that's the that's the non-ad free. Because I think you can still call it ad free if the movie itself is running or the television show, I should say, from start to finish with no ad oh, interruptions. Yeah, that's okay. But this is not being called ad free. It says now with that because you'll watch something. You have you've seen stuff where it'll go. Uh, please stay tuned for a few ads and after that it will be commercial free presentation whatever blah 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 right and so you know okay there's going to be like three or four commercials and then the movie starts and then we're good I think they're going to be in the middle of all this and they never time it right right have you noticed it's never it's always in the middle of a sentence and it just stops and cuts to like a Tide commercial and you're like wait a minute what that was that was weird you always think your cable went out or something went wrong when that happens exactly so uh, Jeff Bezos has something to say about it ugh I am Jeff Bezos, and it's a good thing I'll be saving $600 million in taxes by moving to Florida. Because now, Prime Video subscribers are suing me over ads. Ads are not a big deal. I was just thinking about that this morning while eating a bowl of Kellogg's Raisin Bran Crunch with two scoops of delicious... <laughs> See? Commercials aren't so bad. No need to call a lawyer. Call... Geico instead and save 15%. See, you hardly noticed that, right? I mean, face it, advertising is a part of the fabric of American life. Haven't you seen Mad Men? No. Oh, well, it's streaming right now on Prime Video, included in your Prime membership for just $14.99 per month or $139 for the year. Call now. (laughs) I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 